Begin Log, January 3rd, Public Year 2021. Secure, Contain, Protect. By these tenets, the SCP Foundation has maintained the recorded normalcy of life on Earth for the last amount of time redacted. The organization uses its considerable wealth and influence to monitor the world, locating anomalies the common man might consider to be supernatural or extraterrestrial, then removing the threat of these anomalies by whatever means are required. Anomalies can come in many forms, whether humanoid monstrosities, objects possessing impossible abilities, or sometimes entire realities. One such reality is SCP-6599 a pocket dimension containing a flat continent floating in space. On what can be considered the top surface of this continent is a labyrinth of interlocking stone walls and central castle, loosely resembling the setting of the 1986 film Labyrinth starring David Bowie. Whether the existence of this pocket dimension has anything to do with the presence of SCP-6709 in the film, the codpiece worn by David Bowie, is the subject of ongoing investigation. <laughs> The SCP Foundation discovered pocket dimension SCP-6599 while in pursuit of SCP Redacted, whose teleportation capabilities temporarily stranded the field team in that location. Several local entities were collected using various means with the purpose of securing these entities within the Foundation. Three entities of particular note are as follows. SCP-6599-T Jmark, could you please introduce your character into the microphone with a brief description? Um, hi, I'm Twilight. How did I get here? Um, I'm a, I, I'm a tiefling, and they told me I'm supposed to describe myself even though there's a camera here. Uh, I have purple skin and horns and black hair and a tail. Um, also, quick question. Where'd this outfit I'm wearing come from? Because I look mad cute. It's not my usual. I look like a, like a, like a Christmas fae or something. I look real pretty, though. I like it. Can I, can I have something to eat? Or can I go? Hello? SCP-6599-V. Kevin, please introduce your character and with a brief description. <laughs> uh, standing there in a very bewildered fashion is uh, a gnome, a... <clears throat> Gosh, I, I gotta back up now and remember what what he was at at this stage. He's um, currently fuming because everybody keeps calling him an elf. This is this is true. <laughs> uh, uh, so he's he's you know sort of short. Uh, he's no has some blue scales coming up on his skin. Uh, he's sort of deadpan expression is looking around uh is also kind of pulling his clothing looking sort of confused as to why it it is fuzzy in certain areas with a collar and that's not the color that he had on earlier um what is this uh and twi twilight what are you wearing what i look adorable and you're wearing a unitard? What happened unitard? to my shoes? This, this, oh, they're so they're so pointy. I don't like this. This they, they they're curving and no no. Oh, they got little bells on them. Yeah. Twilight gets down and starts like batting at them. Oh my god. Ding, 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 ding. SCP sixty five ninety nine T beta. 
Manny, please introduce your character with a brief description. Before I go, what am I wearing? Up to you, my man. Uh, At this point, it's just guy, gone off. It's in the poster, remember? <laughs> okay, you, then yeah, I am correct. Outfit, We're yeah. off the rails already. Whatever you want, man. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. <laughs> the setup and the stances seem to imply some sort of military. Not sure why they're holding little plastic black squares. Those one stand one hit from a great axe. And, uh, I don't know why my two idiot allies are wearing those weird fuzzy get-ups. I was already wearing my nostalgic trophy. Save the family from being robbed. Poor confused robber was trying to give them items. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Oh no! <laughs> I promptly dealt with him, grabbed my, uh, New get up as a trophy and promptly dropped him off at a prison. I saw Torin killing Santa Claus. <laughs> Underneath the house, I saw that. Underneath guy. the house? <laughs> he was hiding in our crawlspace. <laughs> the above stated entities have bargained for their freedom, exchanging the use of their exceptional supernatural abilities for freedom from containment and transport to their home dimension. To wit, they have been redesignated as D-Class personnel. They are in the process of being transported to Facility Redacted, a synthetic reality created by the SCP organization commonly known as Santa's Workshop. Their mission is to respond to a distress signal from SCP-4255, a benevolent entity known commonly as Santa Claus, who claims that the facility is under attack and that he has been captured by unknown entities. The mission is as follows. Secure SCP-4255 as well as the facility. Any unknown entities are to be subdued, alive if possible, or dead if possible, or otherwise immobilized if states like alive or dead do not apply. <laughs> you have also been each given a scanner device containing a database of known SCPs. In order to protect the classified information within, the device will only grant information on SCPs within 100 feet of the device. With that, you once again find yourselves in a tunnel of colors that you cannot recognize and will never be able to remember. Then the tunnel falls away and you see the winter tundra spread out before you. Oh wow, the indescribable light. Oh, real original. Yes, the sky is dark. A quiet swirl of constant snow belies the silence that reaches out around you in, like the opposite of a hug. In the background, there's a really well-dressed skeleton who's just screaming, What's this? As he's running through the snow. In the near distance, the only light source you can see is the quiet glow of a massive factory, Santa's Workshop, surrounded by a town of heavily decorated huts and pine trees. So... Weren't we in a, like, a jungle? Wasn't there, like, a soup thing or something? Are you, are you referring to the last canon episode that went live before the show, before this show? Oh, yeah, okay. absolutely. <laughs> now you're all caught up, audience. <laughs> uh, yeah, this isn't right. The last thing I really remember, wasn't Bucket, like, a superhero? And now you're referring to the previous live show. You know, I'm just here to drop those references, baby. You got it. No, you worked those in very naturally. Oh, thank you. I'm freezing my jingle bells off here. <laughs> right. We need to get means? moving. And I throw a snowball at Twilight. 
Roll damage. Why can't I roll dex to dodge? I'm kidding. Why is it always roll damage? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but yes. Uh, no, no, no. What you really need to roll is uh, investigation. Why? Who, me? Yes. Why? I don't know. Twilight, roll You have to, roll, you have to roll and investigate. Torn, are you trying to pull something off? Torn, do you need to roll stealth right now to, to do something sneakily? Well, first he has to see if he even notices. Or they have to okay. see if they even notice. Thank you. Um, so my investigation... Mostly I'm talking about he, J-Mark, has to re- figure out what I'm trying to do. Uh, that was a 14. They what, what are you doing, Torian? A clever tiny boulder hidden inside the snowball, thrown directly at them. I see. Why? Why was that necessary? I don't know. There wasn't enough action yet. <laughs> Twilight is gonna walk up to Torin and take his shield. And no, I'm not gonna roll for it. And I'm gonna use it as a sled to slide down to the factory. Absolutely great. Uh, <laughs> Twilight runs off ahead. Uh, you, you slide down the hill. And find that you directly are... into a pit of sharpened candy cane steaks. <laughs> a punji pit of candy canes. Stop it! Everything you say becomes canon, you monster. Um, I, I, I actually have to take that out now. Torin guessed that that was going to be there. As you're sliding down the hill, uh, you enter the town. You slide into the town square, and you find that the town is completely silent. Santa's legendary elves are nowhere to be seen. There are lights and trees and ornaments. The whole town is decorated and brightly lit all around you in every direction, but there is not a single voice heard caroling. There is not the single popped corn, and there is not the the excited jangling of bells, only the dead silence of winter and the eerily lit huts. Torin did it. So we're just turning around and walking away, right? No... I think we need to do something. Um. All right. Torin starts kicking down random doors to investigate. Absolutely. Torin, you kick down a door. Inside you find a hut that is lit only by the preposterously lit Christmas tree in the corner. The, the Christmas tree in the corner is just smoking a mad doobie. It's so Just lit. super lit. So lit. It's, it's like, what's up, bro? Mad lit. That, that Christmas tree is just like, yo, Merry Hanukkah, my man. Like, yo, you're too late, Christmas tree. Just pick up the tree and walk around using it as a light source. Uh, okay, yeah, you pick up the tree and start carrying it around. The tree, as you pick it up, uh, you notice that there is a tiny speaker on the back of the tree. A tiny electric speaker on the back of the tree. Seeing as how we don't conceive of the existence of science or electronics, I ignore it. In that case, all you know is that this Christmas tree is very quietly singing a song to you. And the song goes, I wish it could be Christmas every day. Uh, in what the modern world would know is, uh, I wish it could be Christmas every day by the band Wizard. And I wish it could be Christmas every day. That sort of world isn't feasible. An economy couldn't support Christmas every day. Uh, as you pick up this Christmas tree, you realize it seems to be lit on its own power. And it's it's made of some kind of synthetic material that you would recognize as plastic. Uh, if you were, in fact, Torin. Or if you were, if you were in fact, Manny, I should say. Uh, but also, as you pick up this tree, can you make a perception check for me? Why don't you make a perception check? No, you make a perception check. Because I am the god here, and I say roll your dice. God, that... that oh, I feel so strong. Uh... Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. 
You're not going to feel strong anymore because nat 20. Nat 20. Oh, my goodness. On a nat 20, uh, the <laughs> device inside of your pocket the that the foundation gave you, uh, it pings as you pick up this Christmas tree. And you also notice that sitting at the base of the Christmas tree is a tiny uh, parcel that seems to be wrapped in shiny paper and ribbons. As you, you pick up the tree... Uh, and as I said, the device in your pocket pings, so you can go to the device, or you can go to the thing in uh, the the parcel, or you can ignore it entirely. I don't know; it's up to Long you. Long honed battle instincts have me break the tree over my knee, thinking it's an enemy. Is that battle instincts, or just years of torment from Mitch? You break the tree over your knee, and it falls to the ground in pieces. The lights on the tree uh, flicker and vanish, and the uh, the wrapped parcel also is no longer there, as though it had never been there in the first place. The room goes entirely dark. Twilight mm-hmm. walks into the room and has, like, a cup of cocoa in their hand mm-hmm. with, like, a lot of marshmallows in it and, like, whipped cream and goes, Oh, hey, you, you messing shit up again? Well, they said this thing would tell us when things are near, and it started beeping when I touched this tree. So yeah, I broke but it. it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to kill whatever's there or that it's hey, bad. They said alive or dead or anything in between. Yeah, but, like... Aren't we supposed to, I don't know, investigate? So you just you just broke shit, huh? This is where we're at. It is kind of our thing. We're ten minutes into this adventure. Uh, oh, what? Oh, what? After years of this being our one and only method, now you've got complaints? Yeah, I, I, I've been having complaints. You're just a jerk. This cocoa is excellent. <laughs> yes, I heard your folly work. I take a little tiny glass ornament, break it, and sprinkle the glass shards into your cocoa. Oh my god. Torin hates Christmas. We had no idea. I'm wearing the sto- I'm wearing the stolen clothes of a Santa I beat up. Of course I hate Christmas. They should call- they should just call you Tor Grinch. Twilight maintains eye contact with you. Torin, look at me. Connect with me, Manny. Maintains eye contact with you. Takes another sip. <laughs> oh my God! Take one point. Take one point of damage, and blood begins pouring from their mouth. Christmas magic keeps me safe. No, you take one point of damage. <laughs> <laughs> Vermouth to the next house. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll be taking the other five points of damage in a couple hours when that passes. Pilot, you will get advantage on your next intimidation check. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm writing that down. Vert moves to the next house and tries to get in. Absolutely, Vert. You kick in the door to the next house. Uh, once again, it is completely unlit within, and then you begin to hear Just quiet- for clarity, are these doors like made of gingerbread, so when Vert kicks it, it just completely crumbles? That's very good. That is, It is now, yes. <laughs> before we had nothing and now that is what it is yes as you kick the gingerbread door in you once again hear you see darkness and the quiet music of wish it could be christmas every day and there's a tree gently lit with a parcel underneath it vert goes over to the tree and would like to do an investigation investigation check go ahead and roll it i can tell you that one thing you do notice already uh just like with Torin, is your device has pinged. That's a 19 on the investigation? Absolutely. And I'm also pulling out the device as I'm looking yep. at it. As the mer- Yeah, you whip it out. Oh, 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 God! Bert! Bert, put that away! Two things happen with that investigation check. But it's beeping. Uh, yeah, as you... <laughs> but it's beeping. <laughs> as you look at the device, it uh, a tiny scanner comes up and it... Ping! SCP-2536. A plastic Christmas tree that sings the song, I wish it could be Christmas every day, from an attached speaker. 
This SCP appears in front of SCP personnel with a present underneath, containing something that is vital to the target at the time. Uh, with a 19 investigation check, sorry to interrupt you there, but uh, one <laughs> last thing you notice is there seems to be a substance, a, a, a slimy liquid on the floor leading into the darkness uh, out of this sort of general living room area and towards the kitchen. Bert grabs at the present. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it corporeal? Is it corporeal? It is. You are able to pick it up. It is completely solid. It feels like a cardboard box wrapped in shiny paper. Okay. Uh, Vert is going to... Vert's going to open the present. Yes. You should have cast seduction on the present. You cast... It. It's my whole... Never mind. Um, you open the present. It's the Vert in the box. Inside is a... Is what seems to be a tiny plastic flat rectangle. Um like a like a slate but it's uh as you investigate it further you realize it it opens and it seems to be a kind of narrow almost like a book but too thin to be a book and as you open it like a book you see inside is a a disc a circular disc with a hole in the middle and uh on the front of this box it says in common the santa claus And uh, inside seems to be some kind of some oh kind of no. uh, some kind of storage device for uh, for expressing data in some way, possibly the story of the Santa Claus as written on the box. Wait, but Torin killed Santa. Does that mean Torin? I never said I killed Santa. I never said those words. He didn't say those words. It's true. Uh, Vert looks very confused about this. I was hoping Vert was just getting like a signed picture from the magical equivalent of Stephen Hawking. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would work too. Uh, yeah, so Vert's looking at this this disc. I, what? I, okay, uh, this is probably the weirdest book thing I've ever, um, all right. He closes it, sticks it in his bag, and starts moving towards the kitchen. <laughs> Absolutely. As you start moving towards the kitchen, you find that there is this this slime. This this um, it, it's it's white primarily, but there seem to be bits of oh, bits of is it it bits of something stuck inside of it. Just from the smell of it, it smells like some kind of some kind of food product, but you can't really tell what. You can see little bits of what may be strawberries stuck in it. And as you as you make your way towards the kitchen. Uh, you hear a scamper of little feet <laughs> vanish. And as you enter the dark kitchen, you just see in the middle of the floor of this tiny kitchen is a puddle of this this liquid and silence in the room. Vert, I hope they think you're an elf. Vert uses prestidigitation to cast a sort of firework in the middle of the... Uh, ceiling area so in the middle of the room sort of just dead center uh, as high as you can get it uh, to sort of light things up and to create a, a small you know pop okay uh go ahead and make an intimidation check for me when are you gonna learn that whole mage like business oh you mm-hmm. know what I got, I, got, I got an actual plus to that. That was a 15. Absolutely. Uh, 15's going to do it. On a 15. I just want to talk. On a 15, a creature in a panic falls out of the icebox. The creature is about Vert's size. 
and vaguely Vert's shape, but instead of Vert's uh, uh, creamy stone brown skin, uh, we instead see that this is a, a dark-skinned, uh, like a purplish-blackish-skinned creature with faded-looking eyes, and all around its mouth is more of this white substance this with little bits of fruit dripping out of it uh in each hand the creature wields some kind of uh some kind of tiny hand carved metal spoons and it goes tumbling out of the ice box and goes yeah oh, don't don't hurt me uh what are you doing here I, i'm eating i'm eating yogurt um okay why are you hiding wait what are you doing here i'm not sure um where is everybody? Are you gonna hurt me if I if I tell you? You're gonna let me go. The dark secrets of the Keebler Elf Factory revealed. Vert <laughs> <laughs> kind of considers this this creature for a second. Um, I will let you go. Uh, okay, I guess I guess that's as good a deal as any. My name is Skeeter Gamur, and I, I just, I just wanted, I just wanted to eat yogurt, man. Like I'm on break. Everybody else is probably up at the factory. Grindless having him build something up there, something important. Can I go now? We good? Who's just having them build stuff? Gryla, my mom, our our mom, me and my brothers. Oh, you have brothers? Yeah, there's 13 of us. And uh, as you're saying this, like the device pings in your pocket. Uh, Vert takes a look at her. Uh, give me a sec, I I'm getting a message here. Bling. SCP-42069. <laughs> Singles nice. currently in your area. Oh, pop-ups. Legends about trolls can be seen in many cultures throughout the world. The entity known as Gryla could theoretically be the source of such myths. Gryla stands at 12 feet tall and is denoted by green skin, green skin coated with lesions, her distorted, misfigured head, and her four arms ending in razor-sharp claws. She's been marked as Keter class, extremely dangerous and expensive to contain. Her bodily wounds seem to naturally regenerate at high speeds unless burned or scorched in some way. Reports of Gryla are often precedented by 13 small, or preceded by 13 smaller humanoid entities designated as the Yule Lads. SCP-42069-A-M. Oh, okay, so I guess you kind of already know about us then. You got the thing. Um... I'm just eating yogurt. Can I go? Twilight uh, walks into the room, still drinking from that same mug that uh, Torin crushed class in. Just, just taking Twilight's 12 offering... more points of damage out of spite. Twilight's offering some pure baller energy right now, not caring. And Twilight goes, Hey! Wait, what's, what's the name Skir Gabor? My name's Skir Gamur. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. <laughs> I'm about to make a character choice here. Skier, is that you? Uh, you trying to say that you know him already? Just him. <laughs> Up to you if you want to let this be a Persuasion? Thing. Deception? Deception. 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 Can, can you deceive DM the god? We'll call it deception for fairsy. As an 18. Okay, yeah. On an 18, uh, he, he looks at you. As though he's unsure about who you are, but he's clearly embarrassed that he doesn't know. Yep. Oh, 
You, it's you, yeah. Oh, Scare, remember, it's me, Twilight, from the Koopy Party, last, like, a few years oh, ago. It's been so long. Of course, who could remember, who could forget you from the, when you did that thing? Yeah, how have you been, buddy? Oh, look, you're getting up in the yogi again, huh? Well, you know, I got, like, one personality trait, and it's yogurt. Well, you know, I, I know. Listen, there's been talk around the office. And I heard that they want to promote you to head Yogi Taster. So, uh, like, it's going real well for you, buddy. You go ahead and you make another deception check, buddy. <laughs> Why would he want to be promoted to having to taste people who teach yoga? Hmm. <laughs> I see you're still using your deodorants. Uh, 23. Uh, with a 23, it's like, oh, I, I earned a promotion? Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing, though. There are some conditions to it. You see, and Twilight, like, uh, grabs him around the shoulder and pulls him close, but, like, he's much shorter than me, so Twilight has to, like, get down on one yeah, he's, he's just looking up at you with puppy dog eyes. Why does your breath yes. smell like cocoa and glass? <laughs> I don't think glass has a smell, but sure. And uh, Twilight goes, You see, the only way for this promotion to work out is we need you to help us find a person of interest. Oh. We're looking for this guy. Um, they call him, uh, uh, it's called the, the, the Claws, I think. You know about the claws? Oh, yeah, no, I, yeah, of course. I mean, that's the first thing we did when we got here is we dealt with the claws. Yeah, so here's the thing. We're supposed to find the claws, take him to a secure location. Ooh. But we were told that the only one we could trust was you because, and this is going to sound a little insulting, but because it's really easy to get you to agree to stuff if it's yogi-based. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you get this great yogi promotion, the yogi motion, if you will. Yogi motion of the ocean, haha. <laughs> Huh? And uh, you just gotta take us over to gotta take us over to the claws, fella. Oh yeah, you know what? Like it, you you sound oh, like you know me. You sound like you got an understanding here. Well, of course, years ago, holiday party, Koopy Day party, you know. Oh yeah. You know, to be fair, you were getting into that rum-filled yogurt back then, so I imagine you probably don't remember much, do you, buddy? Don't really know another way to get rum into me. <laughs> Okay, well, yeah, okay. Well, you're looking for the claws. Here's what you gotta know, right? Because, like, we, we got him, right? Soon as we got here, we jumped him. And Gryla imprisoned all the elves and made her work, made them work for her. So, like, and we gotta take him. We took, we took him, right? All 13 of us, we jumped him. It was great. But we, we're not the ones who can kill him, right? So, we got him trapped right now in the Yule Cat down in the basement of the workshop. Yeah, yeah, and there's no way he's gonna get out of there. So we're doing we're doing a good job here. We got this, like no problem. No, that's great. That's great. But what what's uh what's your what's your mom building? I don't have anything on my reports about that. It's some kind of arena, she said. Oh, but uh, yeah, not really sure why or what it's for. But (laughs) that's what she's doing. (laughs) No, that makes sense. Well, I'll tell you what. How about you, uh, you know, it's our first time in the area, we haven't had a chance to scope the whole place out, would love a guide, and I gotta, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, you can have, and, uh, Twilight walks over to the fridge and opens it up, is there any more yogurt in there? Uh, there seems to be, it seems to be completely cleaned out, there is a mess in there of unkept foodstuffs that have just been thrown around. Awesome. Uh, Twilight goes over, uh, to the cupboard and grabs, like, another, like, bowl. Mm-hmm. And uh, Twilight is going to cast, uh, I guess, Presagitation to kind of scoop the yogurt that's been spilled into the bowl. Okay. And goes, here, take this with you. 
show us around. Let's get going, bud. Oh, wow, that that sounds pretty good. I, <laughs> and uh, as you turn around, uh, is there anything else you guys want to do while Twilight's having this conversation? Well, mm-hmm. the cheaper and easier solution, because this guy doesn't seem too bright, is to just dump the cream cheese for bagels in a bowl and tell him it's yogurt. But, eh. Twilight already did what well, they did. Here's, That's like here's giving scones to a cookie lover, man. Like, he's gonna yeah, know. Like, yeah, he's gonna know. You, you can't, we can't just give a dude cake and say it's Hey, brown. you're the one who has advantage on your next intimidation check. I don't, that's not my vibe, baby. If anything, I'll probably just use that on you. You can try. <laughs> but am I even in this room? Yeah, no. far as a no. Uh, no, I thought he was outside, so. Okay. Yeah, Twilight walked in. I never said I walked in. Oh, yeah, cool. Torin's outside in with, then. Uh, uh, Torin, go ahead and give me a perception check while you're out here. <laughs> I completely Bold of you missed. to assume people don't eat cream cheese like yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> ah, there we go. I eat neither cream cheese or yogurt. Ah, yes. Okay. The dangers of Rolled dairy. a... 18. Okay. On an 18. Uh, Torin, you notice that as Twilight and Vert have gone into this this hut, uh, around the side of the hut, you see that there are just the tiniest hints of footprints disappearing under the fresh snowfall, but you can see that they're there. Should I roll my survival instincts to see if I can track them? Ooh, good idea. Go ahead. Oh no, it's footprints from the great cryptid monster, Tinyfoot. So it's a it's an unnatural twenty. Whoa! Okay, sneakily and stealthily, you begin making your way through the snow, moving your feet in just such a way that you don't make a loud snowy crunch on every step. Going un like burrowing under the snow, like <laughs> yes. Bugs Bunny or a graboid. Yes, just following using, these using your survival instincts, you begin to burrow. It's just the slightest bump above the snow, slowly moving forward. <laughs> Uh, and as you slowly move forward, you, you peek a little a little dragon eyeball out of the snow to see that looking into the window of this hut, spying on your friends, essentially, is this tiny, pale, grayish-skinned, faded-eyed, gnome-looking creature, uh, which, if you could look into the hut, you would see looks much like uh, Skirgamur inside. Oh, this one, is, this one again, peeking in. Trans Tabletop asks if Dragonborn have eyes on the top of their heads like crocodiles. I think in the the cartoon physics that we live by, in this instance, he does. <laughs> That's what I like about the live shows, is that we live in those cartoon physics. But what you see, I'm giving you like a free sort of stealth pass here for that survival roll, but yeah, you see someone's peeking into the window. Good thing I took this from the last house I was in, and just have like a casual Christmas bag and try to throw it over this creature to capture them. Oh, okay. Uh, well, you just, you stole, you not only took Santa's clothes, you took his sack as well. I took a very good recreation from somebody else's house. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> after breaking their Christmas tree. Not the, not the actual or original, just, just like a, like a, a gift shop, like person. a charity guy, like one of the guys with the bells in front of a grocery store. I'm pretty sure Santa's actual sack is a bag of holding. So yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes it is. So you take your... You take your hefty sack and you throw it right on top of this guy's face. Uh, I'm going to have you make a grapple check with advantage because you have you definitely have an advantage here. Oh my god, he nat one. Am I proficient? Uh, in grappling? No, you're not, but you have advantage. So just uh, roll two d20s and you pretty much just have to not 
get a one both times because I nat one. So I'll stick with the 17 I originally rolled plus three is unnatural 20. Absolutely. You slam the bag down on this creature uh, and it immediately starts kicking and screaming. It says, alarm, alarm, alarm. And all around. I just punch where I think its head is at and go, quiet you. Before you get a chance to do that, all around you, the Christmas lights hanging from the various huts flicker and then go out. Inside the hut, you can see the uh, the ominous mood lighting that these lights created has flickered and gone out. And inside, you are in you are suddenly in almost total darkness. Although I guess both of you can have dark vision, so it's less doesn't matter. Impressive. It's a moot point. Yeah, Torin doesn't have dark vision though. He does <laughs> not. And everybody is gonna roll initiative. In the in the in the air, we hear. Ooh, do I need to make a Christmas remix using for the Terminator song? For some reason, <laughs> somebody made a mashup movie of Jingle All the Way and Terminator 2. Hey, I had a quick brain fart. Do we add proficiency to initiative? No, just... no. We've uh, been playing this game for so. two years. Text. I wiped text out. Like, Never. I, I don't know what you want from me. Never. I want you to memorize initiative rules. Twelve. Twelve for Twilight. Torin? What happened? Initiative. Oh, I'm, ro- I'm rolling initiative all, as well. Yeah, roll a d20. We, we all roll initiative. You're the one who sprung it. How come Hezzy doesn't have to roll initiative? He's not here. He Wait for it. Uh, So negative one. So that's an eight. And Vert? That's a six. A six. So the Yule lads will go first. Twilight, what you don't see because of their stealth. Let me roll their stealth check just to be extra certain. Yes, 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 yes. Down from the rafters above you, a link of sausages has descended like a cobra. Yes. And Twilight, it with its roll, it wraps around your neck. And you are lifted off of the ground as the Yule lad named, oh, which one is Sausage Guy? Uh, one of them. Sausage Swiper? Sausage Swiper. Sausage Swiper. Yes, where is he? Uh, he's got a stupid name. Swiper, I no think sausage. Literally sausage uh, his swiper. name is... Bajurdnat Kenikir. Oh, you got the actual, like, I did right, my research. Do it, my guy. Bajurdnat Kenikir, he has, he starts strangling you from above. <laughs> You're gonna take, oh, wow, max damage. You're gonna take eight damage as you begin suffocating. Not. <laughs> Emerging from underneath the table. Another tiny, uh, this sort of gnome elf creature erupts out of the darkness. Uh, let's see, where is he? Ba, 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 ba. Here we go. Uh, he seems to be wielding a large, heavy bowl. His name, Askaslikir. Uh, try not to over- mispronounce that because it sounds like ass liquor. What's the, uh, so Askaslikir is bowl liquor. Bowl liquor. Emerges from under the table, holding a heavy bowl. He seems to have emerged from the various shadows of the room. He's going to take a swing at Vert for, let's see here, 12. But a 12 is going to miss you, I believe. It does. It does. He swings and misses with a big old bowl. And then, finally emerging out from underneath one of the beds. Gilju... Gil... Why have you made me do this? I thought you were going to be using the... English name, so this is a whole other thing for me. Giljagur emerges out from underneath uh, a hole in the floor and also takes a swing at Vert. And that is the window peeper. Uh, window peeper is, uh, 
There, uh, the one Torin has in the bag is Window Peeper. That's Gulgagargir. Oh, which one's Gu- Oh, this one's Gullygawk. I see. Gotcha. None of these make sense to me, and it's all Dr. Seuss. <laughs> the important thing is Vert has two enemies on him, and they both swing and a miss, with a 12 and an 8, respectively. I can handle that. That means down in the order is Twilight. Twilight, you are being strangled by a link of sausages. Uh, that's not the kind of sausage I like. Oh, well, that yeah, opened up some possibilities. <laughs> I just, you know, Twilight has since tried to go vegan after eating Goblin, so... Makes sense, makes sense. <laughs> they can't live with their guilt anymore. Um, okay, so I still have all my equipment on me, right? Even though we're in this? Yep. Cool. Uh, Twilight is going to take the Talon Sword and uh, try to cut uh, themselves free with it. Uh, make an attack roll. Reach up behind you. Try to smack that sausage, as everybody says. Oh, yeah. I love smacking that sausage. Everyone draw that fan art. No one draw the Anyway. <laughs> Deviant art deviance. That wasn't great. Um... <laughs> Did you grapple with the sausage and lose? Seven? Oh, my God. With a seven. I lost against with the a, sausage. With a seven, Twilight, you try to reach back behind you, but as you're losing oxygen, your woozy brain is making it difficult to aim your blade accurately. And you're just kind of flailing around, just trying to get a handle. Where's Jack Sparrow when I need him? Or Orlando Bloom. Whichever one threw the sword. I think it was Orlando Bloom. Uh, as you guys are you're swinging desperately, uh, down in the order then is Torin. Torin, you got a man in a sack. It's a man in a sack. It's a man in a sack, girl. Can I see through the window that everybody is in trouble? Yes, you can see your imperiled friends. So, I will do a two-pronged attack. I will throw the man in the sack through the window at the guys attacking Vert, and then I will try to jump in and save Twilight. That is beautiful. Go ahead and uh, let's do a strength roll for this throw. Like a, an acrobat, uh, athletics. We'll call it athletics. As you shot put the, the creature through the window. So that's a 16 plus 5 in athletics. Absolutely. And your strength is what? Plus 4? Plus 5? Plus 3. Plus 3 it'll do. Uh, Yeah, you slam this thing. Are you aiming at any particular one? There are two attacking vert. There's one in the rafters. Uh, And there's one... I was hoping just the, the broken order. glass, detritus of the window, and the entire sack and tiny body will be enough to at least knock one down and maybe knock the other one like, you know, just kind of like... Whoa. Absolutely. Um, so you, you whip this thing through the room. I'm going to say that at, that athletics check is higher than their armor class, and we're going to call this an improvised ranged attack of sorts. Uh, you smashed into them, uh, and the one holding a bowl uh, you uh, collides with the sack, and they each take five bludgeoning damage. Uh, well, we'll say three bludgeoning, two slashing for the glass. Um... They take five damage is the point. Uh, and they fall down onto the floor prone. And I jump through to try and make a swing with Hydrofang to take out the sausages. Absolutely. Make an attack roll. And the attack roll is plus my strength, right? Uh, yeah, like usual. And proficiency? Yep. Okay, then 14 plus three plus three. It's, yeah, it hits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You cut, you cut through the sausages. You don't have to roll damage. You just, yeah, and Or whatever you say. And since I'm a paladin, I can make two attacks, so I will swing at the your, uh, your first darkness attack, above. Your first attack was throwing a bag through a window, my good sir. Mm -hmm. Oh. Yep. Absolutely it was. But you are in the fray. Vert. So one of them's down. 
Yeah, they're prone. And there's one tied up in a sack who is also down. Hmm. We can assume he's either unconscious or in a light coma. Okay. Uh, Vert's going to do a magic missile. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. All right, so Vert's, Vert's doing a magic missile at um, level two. So cool. I got four for these things. Uh, two of them is going to go to uh, the one with the bowl who tried to take a swing at me first, and then one to each of the others. Absolutely. Roll that sweet, sweet damage, my friend. So the one with the bowl, that's eight points of damage to him. Okay. Uh, two points to the one in the bag. Yeah. And three points to the other one, which was Sausage Guy, I guess. Yeah, to Sausage Guy up in the rafters. As you you see the one with the bowl from where he's prone, the magic missiles thump, 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 thump into his body, and the bowl dramatically shatters in his hands. The other Yule lads look at him, and they begin to scream out his name in, in sullen desperation. I forget his name. Ah, which one was he again? Just say Bullicker. Bullicker. <laughs> uh, you have successfully killed one of them, as they did not have a lot of health. First blood. <laughs> uh, What's Skier been up to this whole time? Oh, he's just eating. He's eating Gert. I love. I love Skier. Skier is a good. A good guy. Um, but uh, that is. You have magic missile. Uh, you still have one guy prone in a bag in front of you, and there's the one guy who popped out from under a table. He's attacking you. Uh, but do you want to move? You risk one attack of opportunity if you move. Uh, no, Vert is standing his ground and uh, looking as menacing as he can in his curved bell booties. <laughs> he is a terror. Uh, Hezzy, you go ahead and get ready, my friend, because it is the Yule Lad's turn once again. Uh, one is going to try to fight its way out of the bag. It's going to succeed, and you're going to see Gulgalgargir is going to just open the bag, like rip it open and make his way out. And then you're going to, uh, that takes his turn, and you are going to hear in the background the slamming of a door, and then as that door opens, Herdaskelir enters, wielding a, a, a tiny hand-carved knife, and he starts running towards you from up in the rafters. The, the link of sausages slams down on you, Twilight. Oh my goodness, but an eight is not going to hit you. Oh yeah, it just it just it just hits me, but it's sausage, so I'm just like, okay, that, all right, that's just okay. Uh, from the opposite window, a, a, another Yule lad, a seventh or eighth at this point, jumps through the window holding a, a dirty looking spoon that has been sharpened like a, like a shiv, and he goes, Nyaah! and he jumps down. And, oh, hell yeah, with a natural 20, jams his oh, dirty Lord. spoon down into Vert's shoulder. Mm -hmm. uh, Vert, you are going oh, to take... Oh, you definitely... Yeah, you're going to take... You definitely got something from that. You got something from that. You uh, you take a dirty spoon. You take eight, uh, eight damage as a dirty spoon goes into you. Piercing it... or bludgeoning damage? Uh, piercing. Oh, definitely piercing. 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 And you feel With a, a spoon. You feel this... Yeah, it was shiv. sharpened like a shiv. Like a, it's a, it's shiv. a prison yeah. spoon. And you feel a sensation come over you. A sensation like you are so desperately hungry. You have a, a curse of starvation put on you, Vert. And you desperately want to lick the spoon as well, as it may be the only substance you fear you could obtain. Spoon licker! Well, I mean, there are just these elvish creatures all around. There are, there are several of them. 
Uh, we are down to 12 total, as there are 13 Yule Lads and one is dead. But uh, Twilight, we go See, back to you. See, that's a perfectly good dead Yule Lad to eat. Okay, back to me. Um, so I'm no longer, I mean, obviously I'm no longer being choked out. Yes. Um, torn freak me. Um, so I'm looking up at this, uh, Sasha Swiper. Which one is Hurl Deskiller? Can you be more specific? Door Slammer? Yeah, uh. Hurl Deskiller is Door Slammer? is Door Slammer. Got you, got you. So Hurl Deskiller is, like, behind me. Mm -hmm. Sasha Swiper is above me. Yes, it's quickly becoming a Swiper, Sasha Swiper is on top of a, a like, a, a dresser? Uh, he's in the rafters. Oh, in the uh, he is okay, ten feet above you. Hmm. Oh, it's a tiny hut. So, like, and you're like like six feet. So he's like four feet above you. Mm. Okay. Um, Twilight wants to collapse the roof. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Why not just use thunder wave like you always do? Well, that's exa actually exactly what I was gonna do. Yeah. He said he was four feet above me. So. All right. So you're gonna thunder yeah. wave just everything right now. Oh yeah. Oh, cool. Twilight's going to get those sausages if the last thing they do. Yeah, so I'm going to cast Thunder Wave to collapse the roof on top of air. Let's cast it. Everybody make a constitution saving throw. We know how this works. I got a 21. Vert's, uh, Vert's going to take half damage. Yep. Constitution. Duh. And I'll be duh. standing in the rubble. <laughs> 15 plus one, so I rolled a 16. Okay, so Torrent's going to take half damage. And uh, my guys are going to take full damage. So go ahead. Awesome. So that's nine damage. Cool. Uh, the, do you need to roll for the building? Because my intention is to. You, I do not. It is made of the building, as you recall, is made of gingerbread. So the oh, half yeah. half damage for nine. Should I just put it as like what six or something? Because we're not dealing with decimal points. It take four. Half so, of nine um, is four. You round down. Okay. Uh, so Twilight's going to take out their ukulele. Mm -hmm. Uh, and like wield it like a battle axe, essentially flip it over, take it, and goes, um, "You all ready to jingle bell rock?" And then Twilight's gonna hit a mad power chord, thunder waving, sending all of the Yule lads flying in different directions, and the Sausage Swiper's gonna go flying straight up through the roof as the entire gingerbread house crumbles. Yeah, Sausage Swiper's gonna get launched up in the air. Uh, and he is going to fall back to the earth. He's going to take uh, 3d6 of fall damage, plus nice. plus 9 from your uh, from your thunder wave is 21 damage. So there's going to be an explosion as the gingerbread house begins crumbling around you. Uh, all of you are going to take uh, 5 bludgeoning damage as heavy pieces of gingerbread collapse on top of all of you. And then, uh, Worth it. and then as the dust clears, you hear, and thud. And, uh, the sausage, sausage stealer is a dead puddle on the rubble of gingerbread. Uh, Twilight looks around and goes, Skier, where you at, buddy? Uh, <clears throat> and he pulls a hand out of the gingerbread. Twilight runs over, helps him out, and goes, wait, where's your yogi? You need that. I do. I need it. It is life. <clears throat> and he chokes up like a piece of cookies. Like, disgusting. Uh, all around you in the rubble, you guys watch as the Yule Lads begin to pick themselves up. And you can see now that you have killed two. But all around you, their forces are beginning to gather, and you are surrounded on all sides. And then, from a neighboring rooftop, 
you hear a noise that sounds reminiscent of a goat and a man put together. Entering from above in a, in a Batman-esque fashion, Hezekiah, can you describe what they see as you enter the fray? As I jump down from said pond yonder roof, I land in this rubble, a dust cloud binging up around me. On my back, they see a small empty cage as the dust starts to settle around me. They see small horns come up and they only see a shadow at first because, you know, smoke makes things a little bit bigger. It's a little bit distorted. It's very so dramatic, they see this, yes. this huge figure land down with all this smoke and they're like, what could that possibly be? And as the dust settles, they see a small teeth with a cage on its back, but yet holding holding a wooden stick and with like daggers in his back and a bunch of like a bag full of tricks. Basically, he looks like a, a, a medieval, not a medieval warlock, basically a warlock with a cage. And he's just ready with his stick in his hand as the dust settles. And he says, ho, ho, ho. And looking out in the dust of the destroyed gingerbread hut is the Krampus. Hey, it's J. Mark Accento here, broadcasting to you from the end of the world. Thank you so much for tuning in to yet another live show. This one in particular is, of course, our Koopy Day live show. I hope you're having a lot of fun with it. Uh, this is our last live show that we have backlogged, which means that in the next couple of weeks we'll be an all-new episode, right? We will finally be going into war in the soup kitchen. In the meantime, I just wanted to take a moment to thank everybody so much for supporting Tabletop for the End of the World, and please note that there are other ways you can support us. Yes, for example, we do have a Patreon. If you support us on patreon.com slash weareheroes at just the $5 level, that's right, no more than the price of a real bougie cup of coffee per month, you can get access to things like Tfue Bites, our behind-the-scenes audio of everything and anything that gets cut from the podcast because um, the jokes don't fit or because they don't fit the canon, etc. You can also gain access to exclusive character cards. Uh, we have virtual character cards where you can actually add our non-playable characters to your own campaigns and games. And if you support us at $10 a month, you can actually get a physical card. Note that the $10 a month option to get a physical card is only right now while we have not that many listeners. But if we get at least 100 new supporters on our Patreon at $5 a month, I'm more than a little bit confident I can swing getting those cards out to you and mailing them for anybody who supports us at the $5 level. Um, last month, we had Jake the Goblin, which we gave away for free. And this month, May 1st being what it is today, you will be able to gain access to Hezekiah, or Hezekiah, as we call him within the podcast. Hezekiah the Druid Bear from Arc 1. So definitely be sure to check that out. If you also check out our Patreon, you will see that there is an option to do personal shoutouts. That's right, for just $100 one-time payment on our Patreon, you could do a personal shoutout for a loved one or for a friend or anything of the like, telling them that you love them, and it will come straight from us. We'll read it, we'll add little messages, we could do little character voices if you want to as well. It's really whatever you like. So definitely be sure to check us out, patreon.com slash weareheroes.
And of course, the last message I have is we still need more NPC names. If you would like to be named after an NPC in our show, please tweet or Instagram about our show using the hashtag Unplugged Rising. Talk about us, do it often. It really helps us out a lot. Even though we did uh, try a hand at paid advertising, it's not something we want to be the norm for us. We love leaning on you all, our fans, on really helping us to spread the word. And in return, we'll keep making this good, good podcast for you. So, you know, it's mutually beneficial. Let's do it. Anyway, the next episode, the lie, the, uh, Anyway, the live shows are going to be done after this hiatus, so the next episode will be up in two weeks. That will be May 15th. The original cut is actually done. Uh, the reason why I've been giving myself extra time with everything is because I really, really want to make sure I can compose some awesome music for this War in the Soup Kitchen. So I hope you enjoy it, and anyway, I'll let you back into the show. Thanks, everybody. The, the Yule lads look in terror, eye back and forth at each other, and as they stare at the Krampus, they go, Ah, crap! And they just start bailing out. You see all of the, all of the 11 remaining Yule lads pouring out in all directions, jumping into darkness and behind buildings and taking cover, because they know the Krampus is not to be messed with. What about the one I had stuck in a bag? Uh, he got out of that bag last combat round. Yeah, uh-huh. I described. Wait, did Skier run too, or is he still with us? Uh, Skier is still with you, eating yogurt, just kind of taking it all in. Like, yep, yes, yes. yep. That's a Krampus. Wow, he, you you have best buddied the crap out of him. <laughs> well, you know that that office Christmas party, that, that office Koopy party, had to do what you got to do. It's very important. <laughs> Skier and I go way back. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, while we're in this moment, I was making a character choice saying that was a thing, and then you told me to rule deception. I was just like, we've been best buddies this whole time. Sure. Um, it's my heart cannon. <laughs> the Yule Lads retreat, and as they retreat, the decorative lights begin to flicker back into existence. And I, and I leave you to the scene. Do I still have a spoon in me? Yeah, you still, yes, you still, in fact, do have a spoon in you, giving you the curse of starvation. All right. I remove the spoon. The curse remains, unfortunately. I am now going to town on the remnants of the gingerbread house. <laughs> nice. Uh, it, it restores three HP. Oh, that's good, because I needed that. Twilight is going to use a level two healing word on myself to heal some hit points. Totally. Great. It's a coopy miracle. I remembered I have healing abilities. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to hold off on healing, because I know we'll probably get hit more before the end of this. Hence why you heal. Okay. Anyway, um, okay, that was seven hit points recovered. Cool. All right, you're you're up and at him. Um, and Twilight uh, looks over at the Krampus and goes, "Hey, I'm a tiefling too. Hi, I'm Twilight." And Twilight runs over to give the Krampus a hug. And the Krampus immediately puts his hand out to stop him, stop his advance and, at least. And and Twilight was running full force, and so the hand's on my chest, but like it becomes a tackle hug at that point. <laughs> Uh, I sure, yeah. You're getting glumped like a like it's 2003, and you have a and you have your own MySpace. Twilight goes, I roar you so hard. Oh, not the roar XD. Krampus hates roar XD. Do you like Monster Energy drinks? No, they're so new and crazy cool. Oh man, they're so great. I'm thinking of giving myself a super big hairstyle later. The Krampus takes Twilight as he knocks him to the ground. T- pulls his body weight back and slams him behind him and gets back up. Dustin. 
<laughs> Are you gonna make a roll for that? <laughs> go ahead and make a uh, go ahead and make a strength check, uh, Krampus. Oh, oh yeah. Here we go. I mean, is that or athletics? Mm-mm. Am I doing a competing strength check? Fifteen plus three. That's eighteen. Absolutely, do that. You got away with it. That was a two, baby. Mm. So yeah. So I go. It's like, hi, I'm Twilight. Boom. The oh. Krampus has subdued the Twilight. How? Uh, and Twilight's like upside down, like you know that thing they do, like where the legs are over the hips, and then the head is like on one end, and you're just like looking up at the Krampus and goes, "You're real strong for a little guy." And then the Krampus says, "Let me be clear, I am not one of you. I do not know you. You are here in my territory. Why?" Uh, we're supposed to find the claws. Torn all this time is just sort of banging the little scanner thing, trying to get it to work. Pointing it at Krampus. <laughs> as soon as as soon as uh, Twilight says claws, Krampus kind of tw- tilts his head like, for what purpose? I don't know. Uh, we're supposed to find him. Apparently he's gone missing or something. So you guys have no idea what's going on here right now. That, that's basically our lives when you really think about it. Like, you don't know us, but our entire existence is we have no idea. Did you know that there's a there's an actual, like, canon that controls the canon of the universe? I didn't know that, but that's a thing. It is. Um, and then we're, like, going back to eating. Or about that time we spent, like, a thousand years in a video game? That was awful, too. So, yeah, this is where we're at. So, we have an oversharer, a glutton, and a mute. What am I supposed to do with this? Oh, you also have Skier. He likes Yogi. Say hi, Skier. Hey. I don't want to say hi to Skier. That's fair. We've been enemies for a while now. Oh, but Skier's such a chill bro. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's a family thing. Oh, I understand. And it's at that moment Torn comes up with the bag and captures Skier and is just like, I caught another one. No! Hey! Uh, the bag the bag has a hole in it, so it just falls yeah, over Skier harmlessly. But I will say, Torin, you did mention you tried to take the scanner out and scan Krampus. I was just sort of banging at it, holding it upside down, mm-hmm. looking down the barrel, and then pointing it at him again. Bing! No designation detected. Entity is not yet a captured SCP entity. Yes, yes, it seems the SCP Foundation does not yet have a Krampus. And before you guys in the chat start going off, he is not SCP-4666. That's an entirely different entity. Oh, well, obviously this live show needs to stop now. I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> no, but uh, according to this, uh, Krampus is an undetected entity, an uncaptured, unsecured entity. Vert licks the spoon. You lick the spoon. It seems to help the starvation as you lick the spoon. Okay. Uh, you don't feel compelled to eat for the next five minutes. You are, you are cursed still. So what, do you, so what brings you here then? That is a question that I seem to ask you. But you haven't answered. We already told you. We, we told you we're supposed to find the claws. No, you said guess... that you're just here to do whatever you want to do. No, no we're, we're here to make sure that the claws is secure and safe, I guess. Yeah. How do I know I can trust you? You really don't. <laughs> oh my god. I'm being completely honest with you. Yeah. That's, that's not the best question to ask. We don't even trust each other. So. Torn then tries to put the bag over Twilight's head. <laughs> Do you see this? This is what this is what we deal with on a day to day basis. Okay. Yeah, you see that one? It, and Vert points over Twilight. Yeah, that one brought the house down on us. Yeah, I real threw I threw a good party. Wait, how do we know that we can trust you? And Vert's just like peering at Twilight. That is not the nature of what I am here for. 
But I will allow you this information. The claws you're looking for, you are looking for, is in that factory upon that hill. I have been trying to get into said factory for some time. I tracked down the Yule lads to this location, and you guys seemed to have fucked up my investigation. Thank you for that. Oh, we're real good at getting into places. So, I ask you again, are you sure you are here to secure the claws? Yeah. Okay. Probably. So then you are privy to this information. Santa has been captured. Who? I believe he is stuck in the bot at the in the basement of that factory. I just need to know exactly where. Oh yeah, uh, Scare knows where. Hey Scare, where'd you say the claws was? He's in the Yule Cat. Yeah, something something about a cat. Yeah, he's in a cat. He's in my mom's cat. Mm. Oh, is that a euphemism? No, it's literal in this instance. Oh, okay, good. Does that make it better? Eh. <laughs> I mean, that's really up to interpretation. So I really see really, at the bottom of the barrel. But I am out of options. <laughs> so. Story of our lives. I think we're going to get along great. <laughs> Considering you've scattered the Yule Lads for now, they were the ones impeding my advance into the factory. I will tell you now that not only do we have to deal with the Yule Lads, but every torturous horror that goes through that factory now has been caused since Santa has been captured. There is one thing that I haven't told you about. The person who has captured the claws. It's an Icelandic troll. Depends on what you want to call it. Grilla, Gala, whatever. I just know that they have Santa. Oh. And I want him back. Is he your boyfriend? No. Do you want him to be? You just really want there to be a lot of fan art. The Krampus does not have that type of feeling towards Santa. However, you could say in your terms that he is he's my best friend. Your lover? My best friend. Best friends can become lovers. Those are- Krampus is too busy, you know, adopting small children and having them wear the costume as goat lad. There's some arguments that those are like the best relationships, really. Twilight, don't you want to help Krampus here uh, get their best buddy back? Oh, I mean, I'll help him for the ship. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, let's go break into something uh, and break Krampus, stuff. I think there's just one one extra piece of information that you do know is that the reason uh, Gryla has captured the claws at this point uh, is because she has, through some means, obtained a way to gain the Santa Claus's powers. Gryla is here to become the new Santa Claus. She feels like Santa has taken control of this whole season, that he hasn't done anything to advance the season and or to do it the right way. She feels that she's doing it the right way or that in some twisted sense that Santa's naughty list is not long enough. Mm. So, so can I ask you something? What's with the cage? Unfortunately... Me and Santa had a bit of a row a few years ago. Uh-huh. I believe that he is too lenient on the naughty kids. I say right. that the naughty kids should be locked up for a little bit. However, he believes a piece of coal is enough to assuade their situation. Uh, okay. This is something we don't agree on. So, I keep this cage right here on my back, just in case I see any 
naughty children. Now, when you say now, when you say uh, like naughty, do you mean like they're straight up committing crimes, or are they like like they 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 like did something silly? Silliness is not what I like. It's not what I attain naughtiness to. Naughtiness is at their core naughty. Not oh, I may have done a little bit of a practical joke, toothpaste on the face prank. I mean naughty children talking back to their parents. Doing something that overall is not gonna be on Santa's good list. So like so like a like a Joffrey? Like a Joffrey Baratheon type deal? Yeah. Like a Kylo Ren? You could say that. How do you know like all these Drinko? references? Oh, hey, God. As you're talking, <laughs> the Krampus has brought you to the edge of the factory. He's brought you around to the back because clearly the front entrance is heavily guarded at this phase. But our shtick is the front door. I just it's say our power move. However, the front door is heavily guarded, not only by whatever is left of the Yule Lads that I seem to have scattered, but Grela's entire Icelandic troll force. And I do not feel... Like getting into an entire combat right now. That will come down the line. However, I am just here to facilitate your entry into the facility. Alright, let's do this. Okay. And Twilight's like still walking with him. It's going like a like a Lando before he turned good. Like a like an Anakin Skywalker post youngling murders. Like a no. <laughs> is, this gonna, the spoon again. is this gonna turn into John Mulaney's bit about Ice Tea naming different kinds of addictions? <laughs> like when you do too many scratchy tickets? Or when you bet all the money on the horses? You get a lot of scratchy lotteries. <laughs> so while you're doing this, you brought you've been brought to the back of this rectangular uh, factory building. Yeah, baby. You can see that there are a number of barred windows at the basement level. That's what I was about to ask. Can I look in through how how like high are the barred windows? Uh, they are they are at ground level, like they are on the ground. But the windows themselves are only about a foot high, and they are like I said, they are barred with iron bars. So, Torin immediately starts trying to rip them out or at least bend them. Uh, Torin, make a strength check. And just to establish, what is the material surrounding the bars and the windows? Concrete. But we have established they are gingerbread houses, so shouldn't this be gingerbread? Concrete. <laughs> Curses, he's learning. That hasn't stopped us before. So strength check? Yep. Look at the look at this drywall factory. Who designed Who this? makes a factory out of graham crackers? So that's just strength, or is there proficiency in anything else? Santa's old workshop was made out of graham crackers and gingerbread. However, after the new Santa Claus came through, you know, she kind of added more fortifications because she felt like if she was going to hold Santa's fortress she had to make it well guarded. Being a former OSHA member, she was livid. She was very concerned <laughs> about handrails. I love how you just said the new Santa Claus and she, but you didn't refer to Gryla. So that makes me think that current Santa Claus is female and we're keeping it. Is, is current Santa Claus a female? Because I'm totally here for that. Damn right. Just like modern God. <laughs> as opposed to as opposed to not modern God. <laughs> As opposed to old-timey God. She really calmed down when she had the kid and she stopped blowing up cities. But yeah, Mitch, is it just strength or do I get, like, proficiency in something else? Uh, just strength. Uh, what'd you get, though? So I rolled a 17 and then it's just plus three for the regular That's strength. very good. An unnatural 20. You go to pull at the bars and they're just iron bars. Torrin's incredible strength begins to peel the bars away and uh, you just barely start to get it shifted. Uh, 
and as you are as you are doing it, your strength begins to give out, and these iron bars they get colder as you pull them. They begin to freeze into place. Stick your tongue on it. Uh, and you begin to hear, I wish it could be Christmas every day. I love this song. And uh, uh, Twilight, directly behind you is a a Christmas tree that is singing that song. It is a brightly lit Christmas tree, even though there's nowhere to plug the lights in. And uh, is there a gift there's under definitely it? a gift underneath it. Ooh! Twilight runs over and grabs the gift and opens it without hesitation. The number one way to defeat trees, pee on them. Uh, no, that makes them stronger, uh, especially lemon trees. Uh, you open it, and inside is a crowbar. Oh, look! Look what I got! Um, Twilight, um, looks at Krampus and goes, Hey, you just, uh, like, submissioned me, so do you want to try? I You're just real strong. Actually, yes, hand me the crowbar. Mm-hmm. What, you just said you didn't? Now I'm confused. I've changed you... my mind, too, soon. Please. Twilight does like the little like the here and then like takes it when 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 Krampus tries to take it Twilight pulls back unsure and then Twilight tries to hand it but then he pulls his hand back it's just this whole thing it's like can I do okay. like a small cone of cold on his hand as he outstretches it just to <laughs> hold it still oh interesting uh yeah sure you you use a spell slot but your cold of your cone of cold uh freezes everyone into place securing their footing I take the crowbar from him thank you not a him. It happens a lot, Look, especially when I talk. Uh, it's it's you respect my identity. Admittedly, a problem. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I admittedly, a problem them. I have. Uh, but yeah, with the crowbar and with Torin's strength check all together, you're able to pry the iron windows open. As they, it seems to get colder and colder as you pry them until eventually they shatter in your hands, uh, and the iron pieces fall away, and the window is revealed to you. All right, now we need to get through the window. Twilight, come here. Can we see? Wait, what can we see through the window? Is it dark? Ah, there, there we go. Light? It's dark inside, but make a perception check. Yeah, I have dark vision. Right, yep, yep, yep. So it's not a disadvantage. Dark vision. Twilight, come here real quick. Come close. Ooh, I that. No, I'm good. Uh, I just really believe you can help in this one instance. I remember a previous adventure where you were a weapon. I'm real good. Oh, yeah, that was a horrible time. Krampus. Looking into the darkened window, you see that there is a old man, humanoid in appearance, in a rocking chair, rocking back and forth slowly. N- uh, next to him is a tiny table with a big old bottle of booze on top of it. And in his lap is a normal-looking black cat. Playing Magic the Gathering. What? This seems... <laughs> the cat The cat is? Yes, only so, the cat. Like, it's just like, he's just like, has like a spotlight on him, that's just lighting down on this one center of a darkened area where he's just kind of... Uh, no, you just see him. He's him. sitting in total darkness, but in your dark vision, you can make out the shape of him. What, is there anything else around him, or do I just see him? There's an unlit fireplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is, uh, uh, you hear the sounds of animals distantly, like somewhere else in that room. But it's behind a wall, and you can't really see what's making that noise. But otherwise, this room is oddly barren. Bert would also like to make a perception check in here, see if he sees this. Uh, with your perception check, you notice that you get a ping on your SCP device. Oh, yeah, that was an at 20. Uh-huh. Okay, so Vert uh, pulls the device out. The Yule Cat, SCP-247. A black cat, in a uh, normal in appearance, approximately 15 pounds. This SCP will approach humanoid entities while mewling and appearing to want uh, sweet pets on its tum-tum. 
Entities that get within 20 feet of SCP-247 will be immediately eaten by the entity. The stomach of this entity contains a pocket dimension, which in can be held one humanoid in a stasis that prevents death or aging. Should SCP-247 try to eat a second subject while the first is in the pocket dimension, the first will be ejected and replaced with the second. Okay, how how far away from the uh, window is the uh, <laughs> is are they sitting? Uh, fifty feet. Bird casts fireball at the fireplace. Absolutely. Like I say, at the cat, and I was about to lose my mind. Uh, <laughs> I think that's fine. I think I'm gonna allow that one for free. Uh, your right. your your fire blast melts through the glass of the window, and well, I guess with the extreme cold and the extreme heat, it shatters. But it goes all the mm-hmm. way through. And hits the fireplace and ignites it. The old man lazily looks up at the window, at the source of the shot. He goes, Hi, what do you want? The bows. And he casts Mage Hands. I only have so many voices. (laughs) Okay, you know what? Yeah, we're going to change it up. I got to get rocking a little. Hi, what do you want? And Vert yells out, The bows. And uses Mage Hands to reach for it. What? No, not, not my booze. And he's reaching up for it, but he's so lazy, he has no reflex time whatsoever. Okay, so Vert uh, then takes the booze and tries to uh, feed the cat. <laughs> oh, very interesting. I mean, you're holding you're holding a bottle of of uh, of some fine Baileys. Ooh, and he yeah, said, "Gonna get weird." The uh, the man's like, "Give give it back." Uh, but yeah, what do you? How do you try to feed the cat with this booze? Uh, well, it's a hand, so I guess I uh, try and pop the cork out, or is the cork in there? Uh, no, it's open. He's been. Okay. This man has clearly been at it. All right. Uh, yeah. So it's it's just gonna tip the bottle, try and and sort of get a little bit at the cat, see if uh, it goes for the bottle. The cat uh, stands up and starts walking towards you, um, but it doesn't. It doesn't get quite close enough. Uh, you are once again uh, way up high. You are in the. Okay. You're you're looking down from like the ceiling level of this basement room. Okay. Yeah. And the cat just meow, looks at you very very sad looking and lays down on its back and it reveals its tummy to you. Rafa tum tum. But it's it's ignoring the uh the booze. It's ignoring the booze. Okay. Uh Vert drops the bottle. Mhm. Uh from whatever height it was at. Uh, and then uses the mage hand to try and rub the tummy. Uh, yeah, you start rubbing the tummy. The cat begins to audibly purr, uh, but you are not within 20 feet of it, so you see the cat is just really enjoying this. Aww. Does the guy move towards the, uh, the booze? He doesn't get out of his chair. Um, as you continue to look at him in the light of the fire, you realize that he's been sitting in this rocking chair for so long that he seems to have somehow fused partially with it. And he just start, he has to like, and just like start shifting his weight to turn the chair to face you. Is Twilight's SCP scanner thing picking up anything on this guy? It is. Uh, Twilight takes out their scanner and points blah, it blah, at blah, him. Blah, blah. SCP-42069 is known to have a mate uh, whose qualities are exceptional laziness. Whenever Gryla is up to any kind of antics, the mate is often seen somewhere nearby performing zero helpful functions. Uh, does it have a name for him? Uh, I'm trying to remember it. Uh, Lies... I can't say it. I had it written down. Hold on, hold on. I gotta, I gotta do the... 
Gryla's husband. <laughs> Lepaludi. Oh, Lepaludi. Okay, sure. This is Mitch's personal help, Dr. Seuss World. Twilight's gonna look at Skier and goes, Is that your daddy? <laughs> hey, Dad. You want some Gert? And he's like, No, no, it's good. That's what Bailey's back. And your Bailey's. Uh, oh, snap. I forgot I could do this. I can help out uh, Kevin really quick so that he doesn't keep getting this curse of hunger. Can I? I'm, I'm, am I next <laughs> to Kevin? Yeah, yeah. You're all next to each other. Okay. Oh, good. So, yeah, I like this spoon again, like, you know, a couple of times. Can I, uh, can I cast Remove Curse on Kevin? Uh, yeah, over. absolutely. You no longer are cursed with starvation. Okay. Yay! I still have the spoon, though, right? Yep, you still got the spoon. You still got the spoon. Just in case you want to reapply that curse and just have keep me, keep And on closer examination, the spoon seems to have the remnants of some baking project baked sort of into it. And no matter how much you lick it, it seems to keep generating more of this, like, it looks like cake batter or something. That's it. You got the, you got the, the cursed spoon. As you guys yes. see down below you, though, uh, the cat is on its tum, and Lepaludi is just rocking in his chair. He goes, you guys must be the uh, <clears throat> troublemakers that my wife been talking about who stole the secret document. Uh, yeah. We don't got any document. I broke a tree. He broke a tree? Yeah, we don't like that tree. That tree just keeps popping up, taking things. You got to give that document back. We don't... We don't destroy it. Even better, just destroy it right now, pretty please. I'll give you some we Baileys. Don't, we don't. We don't have any document. What are you talking about? Yeah, the, yeah, I have no idea what you. The say, secret document that told my wife how to get the Santa Claus powers. Um, nope, nothing like that. We don't even have paper on us. No, it's not, sure. not in paper. It's like a circle. It's like a glass circle or something. I broke a glass window. I know not of what you speak. You guys remember way back at the beginning of the adventure. Oh no, we 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 yeah. know. We okay. remember. But our characters okay. don't. We're very know. good actors. <laughs> Thank you. So in that case, make a deception check. Oh, okay. Is it deception if our characters genuinely don't know? Well, we yeah, know? you're you're you two guys don't know anything about. Yeah, the... you know what? That's a fair point. I think yeah. you don't know. Vert has to make a deception check. Krampus, this is the first time you've heard about such a document. What document is he talking about? Do you guys really not know? No, I I, uh, I do. I'm not. It ain't familiar. Oh, we're just messing with the voice in our head that comes from the sky. That's a, a natural twenty. Okay. Well, you Krampus, you don't think Vert knows, but uh, this is the first time you've heard about a, a way to obtain the Santa Claus's powers. Well, Torn doesn't really care about all that, so he kind of just lifts the chairman and starts walking towards the fireplace, saying, "All right, how do we get the claws out of the cat? Whatever that means." Vert uses the spoon. On the cat. What, like you go up to the cat and give him the spoon? No, he uses the mage hand to pull the spoon and just go down and sort of stick it real quick. Are you, oh, you stabbed the cat with the spoon. No, <laughs> oh my not God. the oh kitty. He just wants tongue rubs. <laughs> Twilight sees this and immediately screams. They are horrified. Oh, my God. Uh, sorry. One second. Yeah. While he's falling, can I <laughs> kind of do all this stuff for very deep? Can I cast the armor of Agnes while he's falling down? Uh, sure. <laughs> he put the armor of Agnes on him. It protects his fall. Uh, uh, and as you as you fall, like a blast of ice comes off of you. Okay, and then after after he does that, I like it. It may blast the ice on him, but the cat. Well, I don't have to go all the way down there, do I? Because the mage hand, I could bring that up, grab the spoon, and then take it down. Mm -hmm. But as you go to uh, stab the cat, the problem right. with mage hand is it can't generate more than 10 pounds of force. 
Okay. So, so you, you can't stab anything with it. But the cat the cat will start licking at it. So, alright, here's what the Krampus is gonna do. As he sees Vert's mage hand try to, you know, do his thing, he realizes exactly what he has to do at this moment in time. He looks at <laughs> he looks at Twilight and he looks at Torin and he just goes Why did it have to come to this? And he just jumps down onto the cat. In that moment, as you jump down onto the cat, its mouth distends horribly to many ah, times ah, its original size. Ah, bad kitty! Bad kitty! And you, the Krampus falls into this cat, fulfilling its destiny. And as the mouth closes around the cat, the cat, in a satisfied purr, begins to make its way back to Lepaludi. And you hear a noise like sand grinding and in the floor in the middle of the room appearing out of a a spontaneously formed mountain of cat litter is santa claus resplendent in her red suit the krampus has given itself in a in a humanitarian gesture of the christmas spirit exchanged itself for the capture of the santa claus and now she is free Torn just points at her and goes, Hey, you're wearing the same thing I am. You should go change. Yes, and with that, the dramatic exit of Hezekiah. <laughs> Bye, Hezzy. <laughs> Thanks, bud. Yes, Hezekiah, you are a beautiful, beautiful man, and your role in the story is fulfilled. Thank you for being our guest. Yes. Thank yeah. you so much. He may disappear into puffs of light into the sky. Uh, Santa Claus looks around, sees you, and goes, Ah, Twilight, Torin, Vert. Thank you so much. You have done Christmas an amazing service. <laughs> you know me? I know everyone who's on the nice list. Bert kind of does it back and forth between Torn and Twilight. like. I cast Divine Sense. Yes, uh, you get the sense that this is a celestial being. All right, she checks out. I keep staring. Yeah, she stands among you radiating with holy energy. She was a saint in, in her previous life, after all. What? What what's the uh, what's um, the husband doing? Lepaludi too lazy to care. He's rocking back and forth, going, "Oh, hey, stop!" <laughs> what are we What are we gonna do about your best buddy? In time, I shall free the Krampus, as such a time as he is needed once again. Unfortunately, there's no time for that now. Gryla seeks to defeat me in single combat. Obtaining my powers through the only way that the forbidden document dictates. What is this forbidden document everyone keeps mentioning? Yes, there was a movie made in the early 2000s that accidentally displays the true way to become Santa Claus. Vert fishes out the DVD. Yes. If Best you, thing? If you kill Santa Claus, you obtain her powers. To wit, Gryla has constructed a combat arena on the roof of the factory. We will defeat her and f drive her away, but should I be killed, should I fall in combat, the powers will fall to whoever slays me. Really? So you're saying is that if you're about to die, we should kill you. Oh, like maybe heal me or something. Do we have healing spells? Yeah, but like like if you're about to die, it sounds like our only option is to like make sure you die, but like by our hand. Um... Do you get vacation days as Santa? Like, how does that work? Like, do you have to become Santa? Uh, as you as you ask her that, you she gets like a sad kind of look on her face, and you actually get a ping on the device. Oh, okay. And Twilight takes out the thing and like points at it. 
SCP-4255. The classic Santa look, complete with flying sleigh of creatures resembling reindeer, is a being capable of creating small-scale temporal anomalies that replicate itself in order to deliver presents to those celebrating Christmas. This SCP is actually a woman named Samantha Klein. She claims to be, she was originally captured, claiming to be working with the U.S. Department of Chronology, a government branch which at the time did not yet exist. She was a thief, using her time travel powers to secure things that did not exist anymore in her timeline, such as eroded blocks of the Great uh, Pyramid of Giza, and sell them for an enormous profit back in the future timeline. Uh, because of her unique abilities, when she was captured by the SCP Foundation, she was given the Santa Claus powers, and in order to atone her prison sentence— she has been forced to every single day perform Christmas for the last 260 years. How long do you have to stay Santa? It's a life sentence, but I'm kind of filling into it, you know? I mean, I guess so. It just seems a little, uh, like a bummer, I guess. I did a lot of crime. I mean, you were preserving history and making, like, the history was going to be gone anyway, right? Like... Who's to really blame? Plus, most of those historical artifacts were taken through col uh, colonization anyway, so, like, I'm just saying. I mean, yeah, thank you. Could you tell them, please? I mean, are you guys working for the, the organization? Well, to be honest, we're not even really sure how we got here. Do you guys know? We just keep ending up in places like this. Mm -hmm. Oh, they can they can teleport you. I, I mean, I can teleport you, too, but we gotta handle this Gryla thing first. Wait, there's someone need killing? Absolutely, Gryla needs killing. Tarn, let's do it. <laughs> All right. Lepaludi rocks back and forth going, no, stop, just go, just get out of here. Stop, go home, everyone. Just leave us alone. No. I just go up and knock him onto his side so he can't rock anymore. Oh, my one weakness. <laughs> he starts melting. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, as this is occurring, uh, Santa Claus goes over to the door to the next room and kicks it down. Inside is a sleigh. Let me guess, that door was made out of gingerbread. The door's made of wood. Santa very strong. Yeah, Santa kicks down the door. Inside is a sleigh. And inside, the, uh, attached to that sleigh are eight reindeer, which on the SCP device ping as entities somehow associated with SCP-4255, but they're not generating a heat signature like a living being would. They're all cybernetic organisms? No. They're not edible. <laughs> yes, not edible indeed. Uh, mounting up onto Santa Claus... Oh my god, never mind. <laughs> Say that again? Hey, you want to take another shot at that, he's, buddy? He's reading from the wrong script, sorry. You good? That's his private work. Mounting yeah. up onto the sleigh. Uh-huh. And fitting through the window, a space which by rights and physics should not have fit so many large things. The sleigh bolts through that window, circling up over the air, and you get an aerial view of the top of... Stop looking at me ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> You get an aerial view Audience, please judge Mitch right of, now. The, of Santa's workshop. You can see there is a massive wooden structure, a battle arena, taking up the entire flat roof of this enormous building. And all around the stands, you see the ten remaining Yule lads, armed and ready for combat, just waiting to jump in. And at the very center... A green, fetid behemoth of a creature, feminine in shape, but with four mutated arms ending in razor-sharp claws, a head that looks like three or four heads mashed together to have just an orb of eyes and ears and mouth, 
and long troll-like noses, you see the dire troll Gryla, Gryla, st- Scandinavian name. You just keep adding the word dire in front of boss monsters. It literally, I'm using dire troll as the as the thing. It's a thing. And <laughs> he swears it's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> it looks thing like. And you circle around it. And you can see Santa Claus preparing to attack everybody. Roll initiative. And we fight for the spirit of Christmas. I am champion of Christmas. That was a 16 for Twilight. 15. Hmm? 20. 16. 15. 20. Santa Claus going to get 24 for Santa. Santa jacked. For Gryla, we're going to get... 12 for Gryla? And the surrounding Yule Lads. Oh, here we go. It is on, fam. Ooh, Yule Lads did okay. Santa Claus will go first in combat. Santa Claus will draw her sack of presents and hold it over one arm and take the the whip that she uses to mush on the reindeer in her other hand. And flying over the battlefield, she will dump the sack of presents over them. Presents will fall, bombarding the wooden structure in explosions and ablaze. Mitch, one quick, uh, you know, just favor. Can the whip be covered in little peppermint spikes? Well, it is now. That's very good. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, Santa has bombarded, dealing 20 damage to Gryla and setting her ablaze. The Yule lads rush in a panic. You see some of them disappear into the face face between two benches. Uh, see, uh, potentially going to assist in some way, but they have vanished. Uh, down in the order is Vert. Below Mm. you, a burning Gryla. Uh, Vert is going to cast Lightning Bolt. Absolutely. Uh, Gryla is going to roll to dodge. She is going to get a 22. Okay. Okay, so that's uh, 31 damage total. Wow. So half of that. N- so, yeah, that would be half. Not bad. Yeah, the uh, it's the boots, right? But a <laughs> bolt of lightning cracks down from the sleigh. You fire it between two reindeer, and it crashes through Gryla going from her back out her stomach. Just... <laughs> You see a pile of smelly troll organs spill out onto the battle arena below you. Down in the order, then, are the Yule Lads. The first of the Yule Lads reemerges uh, from underneath the face space, the, the space between two benches from the shadows, with a bucket of water that it rushes over and sprays Gryla with. Uh, and it is, uh, she is doused, her flames extinguished. The other Yule Lads, they, w- first one takes his. Uh, oh, sausage guy's dead. That's right. Yep. Ah, yeah. So instead, I killed him. Instead, the I think there were at least two that were killed. Yes, yeah. there are two. Sausage and ball. You have ten here in this fight. The largest one with a meat hook on a chain. His name is Roadhog. His name, Ket Krokur. Ooh. Wielding a meat hook on a chain, spins it around and throws it, catching Santa Claus's sleigh. The other Yule lads pile around the chain and pull with all of their might. Uh, everyone make a dexterity saving throw as you come in for a crash landing. Oh, no. Nat 20, baby. 17. Mm-hmm. 17 saves. 
16. You all save. You're only going to take half of this crash damage. Uh, let's see, 10, 12. Uh, half of that is 6. You take 6 bludgeoning damage as you do, uh, you do sweet combat rolls in order to, to peel out. You know, for 3d12 of crashing damage, you guys did pretty darn good there. Oh. Ow. Uh, the, while you guys are calculating your damage, just from the chat, uh, Santa Claus is a lesbian, change my mind. Yo, it's the truth. Absolutely. Mrs. and Mrs. Claus. Santa is a butch lesbian and has a beautiful femme wife. Uh, I want it known that I was talking about Gryla, but Santa Claus is definitely also wife material. Both is good. Thank you, Loki. You get me. So, I believe now the fanfiction is Gryla Santa Claus, uh... Girl looking for girl fanfiction, enemies to friends, slow burn. I'm here for that. Okay, cool. We got it. You're going to have to figure out how to handle uh, Lapaludi because Gryla is canonically married to a man. So uh, I'm fine, but I really want to see where it goes, but just make it work. You guys crash in the middle of the arena. Gryla, 12 feet of green lesiony mass, stands over you. And we go down as the, uh, we go down the order. Huh, saved it. As next, I believe, is Twilight. Yes, it's Twilight next. Go, Twilight. Okay. So that wasn't fun falling like that. Not fun at all. Um. And, uh, Twilight... Um, no, I have a good number how I don't need to do anything with that. Who's closest to me? I would imagine everybody, because we all crashed. Uh, yeah, you guys are in a, in a heap in the middle of the arena. Closest to you is Gryla. She is ten feet away in closing. From the rafters, uh, you can see where the ten Yule lads piled their, or I suppose the nine, went through a bucket of water, but they're, they piled their resources together to pull the sleigh down, and they are now sort of regrouping after that and looking like they're gonna come after you. Okay, are they kind of, so when you say they're all grouped together, would you say that they are in a, hold on, I have a thing for this. Circle? They're in a they're in a group. They all had to pull on the chain together. Are they in a ten foot radial sphere? Five of them like within... would be. Cool. I'm gonna cast shatter on those five. Cool. And they have to make a con saving. They throw. are gonna do that. Hey, that's not bad. Uh, constitution for them is an eighteen save. Okay, so they're gonna take half damage. Uh, that's six damage for all five. Yep, they all take six, and you see them go ah, and like hold their heads as the the loud noise of the shatter goes off. You can see now the different kinds of Yule lads in the chaos. Uh, some of them are wearing armor made of pots and pans. One of them is, the, the scariest looking one is wielding a big meat hook. Uh, let's see, Spoon Licker is dead. Uh, the Sausage Guy is dead. Uh, yeah, they all have this pale, faded gray skin and white hair and faded looking eyes. Uh, oh, one of them's eating a candle? I don't know if you care about that, but yeah, Kurt... Kurt Asnikir is eating a candle. Just just casually eating a candle. That's what he does. He follows behind children to steal and eat their candles. Sure. That that makes sense. I like how not threatening any of these are. Like when you really think except for maybe the meat the hook. The meat hook guy is specifically the one that is scary of the thirteen of them. There's some that are like kind of basically poltergeist, like uh Her Herdaskilir, uh he just teleports around slamming doors. Sure, sure. He just he closes a door and he'll appear behind another door. Um uh, and then there's, uh, yeah, then there's the meat hook guy. There's the guy who eats candles and turns the lights off, and then there's the guy with a freaking meat hook. But none of them are important right now. They took a, they took a shatter, so five of them, uh, had, hold their heads as that loud noise from the shatter sort of 
you know, they have to restructure themselves and get back on their feet. But next in the order from them is Torin. Torin before you stands Gryla, no longer burning, but very, very angry. I have an idea. I'm going to cast Zone of Truth on Gryla and ask, are those really your children? How do I resolve this? What? Okay, Zone of Truth's going down. Wisdom saving throw. What? Uh, that is a... That is a 10. That is not a save. Uh, that is not a save. Because you had to beat a 13. Had to beat a 13, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 10 plus zero. Wisdom saving throw. Oh, oh my god. Okay, this is this is very funny. Okay. Uh, I don't actually know what the lore says about this. I'm wondering real quick. Time to make it up, baby. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it's absolutely... Torin, having had a conspiracy going for a long time and having made other armies, he knows how breeding works, and he's just like, how does that and that make 13 of that? Oh, crap. That's the only thing he's been focusing this entire adventure not on the This set. entire time, that's all he's cared about? Not not saving Christmas, just this. That's what he, he's confused about. Like, much with his problem with Vert making a dragon army, Torrin's concern, as always, is with genetics and Punnett squares. <laughs> uh, you hear that... <laughs> They are the captured children that I kept and raised. Too young to know their parentage. Why did I say that? Stop. Don't. Stop that. Why do you want to, And Twilight's like, why do you want to be Santa Claus so bad? With the powers of Santa Claus, I can create temporal anomaly copies of myself. Teleport around the world in a single night. I could eat or steal every child in a matter of hours. We're talking like millions of children, and then I'll, until I get like too sleepy. Or you could just make burritos. I could, but it doesn't taste the same. The difference between children and burritos is like, like real beef versus like beyond meat. Like you can tell, you know, you can kind of tell. Here's a question that Torn <laughs> usually asks: How do we defeat you? As long as I am ablaze, my regenerative abilities turn off. Now stop asking me very pointed questions. I feel like this is bad for me overall. Do you actually love your husband? What's up with that whole relationship? It's really for convenience. I need someone to push around. He makes me feel stronger. What? Stop it! Is it is it for tax purposes? Because I get it. In this economy, like, who can afford to be single anymore? Actually, the funny thing about that is if you get married, taxes are more expensive. Uh, usually because it's expected that whatever debts you have will be paid off by both person. But what if both people have the debts? Like, you know, it just, it seems like a trap. Stop asking me important questions! Were you... <laughs> With that is Gryla's turn. She rushes at uh, the three of you plus Santa Claus. Uh, a whirl of blades. She swings so fast that it disconnects her own joints. And the whiplash speed flurries all around her. Everybody make a dexterity saving throw. Uh-oh. Santa not going to do good, guys. That is 15. Miss. Bert got a 12. Miss. Uh, 14 for 20. Miss, you all take 44 slashing damage. Nuh-uh! Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, she's real hangry. Uh, 44 angry, angry slashing damage as she just tears into you. Hands, uh, seemingly coming from all directions. You caught these hands and they were covered in sharp claws. Giz is here. Ow, ow, Vert flies back, slams into the sled and falls unconscious and as you do this santa claus flies into a rage 
Hold on, Twilight also, um, Twilight goes flying into, uh, the sleigh destroying part of it, and also falls unconscious. Oh, well, that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, uh, uh, 44 damage, I guess, really was quite a bit. Can I take their turns for them? <laughs> <laughs> now Torrin has three turns. You guys find yourselves on the ropes suddenly, as two of you have instantly gone down to Gryla's brutal attacks. You know, we've done a lot of nonsense, but I gotta say, this is the most brutal enemy we've faced thus far. Yeah. <laughs> that was almost enough to one-shot Vert. Yeah. Uh, uh, she rolled real good. It was, it was 8d4, and she got exactly average. Good lord. Or sorry, 8d10. Excuse me. Oh, good. Yeah, I was about to say, 8d4? How does that add up? Santa Claus flies into a rage, filling with divine energy. She takes her sack of presents and her reindeer whip, and she rushes Gryla directly. She's going to swing her bag of presents uh, with rage. Yeah, she's going to hit. She's going to do a 25. She's going to hit for 13. And then with the whip, she's going to hit as well for 6, dealing 19 damage. Just a smash and a crack. And you see Gryla and Santa locked in eternal combat, locked in, in a fight for the spirit of Christmas itself. Uh, down in the order from Santa Claus is Vert taking a, a death-saving throw. Did not make it? Did not make it. A failure. And then down in the order from Vert is the Yule Lads. The Yule Lads begin making their way, rushing down the rushing down the steps, seemingly going to bombard Santa. And the five uninjured ones do just that, moving to flank Santa from behind. Torin, you notice, though, as the Yule Lads, as half the Yule Lads break off, they start heading towards you, you think. And as you look around, you realize not towards you, because you begin to hear, I wish it could be Christmas every day. And behind you is a Christmas tree lit on its own power, singing a song by a wizard with a present underneath of it. A present, a tube-shaped, possibly scroll-shaped present sitting underneath it. Open it. As we go down I suppose the order, I open it while knocking over the well, tree. Well, first it's Twilight's turn. Twilight. Death save. That was a 13. One success. One success for Twilight. One failure for Vert. Down in the order is Torin. The Yule Lads have peeled off and have begun to make their way towards this Christmas tree. Torin, if, at this rate, the Yule Lads will get there before you. You'll have to go through them to get to the Christmas tree. I do have an idea. Yeah? Is Santa able to hear me? Yes. Santa, if you have any teleportation capabilities, can you get yourself and my comrades out of here? She says, a little busy right now, as she fends off another claw that just slashes across her suit, but too too shallow to cut into her her uh, delightful tum that jiggles when she laughs like a bowl full of yelly. Aww. I like that she's thick with multiple Cs, so Hell yeah. appreciate that. I kind of have an amazing idea, and I don't know if you'll let me get away with it is the problem. What do you got, Torin? Well, I really want to get Santa to get them out of here, so can I kind of like try to distract Gryla? Uh, Do you want to open up that gift first, bud? Uh, I guess I'll open it up and being like, "Hey, look at this!" Uh, to get to the gift, you're gonna have to go through five of the in the oh, five yeah. injured Yule lads that uh, Twilight hit with Shatter earlier. Can this be like Among Us? Like, there's a ghost Twilight and a ghost Fern. We're just watching all this happen. Just like, oh hey, they got you too, huh? 
Yeah. Come on, Vert. We got to go finish our task. Let's go. <laughs> oh, wait. No, because you made your death save, so. Can I? It's like, hmm. Is there a way I can describe my idea and see if you would allow it to be in a thing? Uh, what do you got? Or you could just... Just, I just want do it. To, I... Just do it, my guy. Because the timeline of what this character sheet I'm using is, I have an item that I no longer have in the future. What do you got? Well, Go yeah, ahead and use it. Well, yeah, but you have it now. If it's on your sheet for this level, you can use it. Yes. So basically, I want to try and get Santa to escape with Vert and Twilight down the blue potion and turn into a Torin-sized sun to burn what? away Gryla. Ah, yes, what? the blue potion that I believe we said turns you into an object, right? Yes, and before you say anything, I did a Google search. Is the sun an object? And it says the sun is the roundest natural object known. I have a do... <laughs> Semantics, you monster! It's the roundest? Like, that's... Makes sense. It's the roundest object ever known. The Fibonacci sequence loves the sun. <laughs> I have a list, a D100 list, of objects you can turn into. Yeah, you gotta when roll, you roll for that. it, baby. Yeah. Yeah. If you'd like, I yeah. can erase what 100 is and put the sun. Would you like that? What was 100? Uh, It was a car. <laughs> eh, it was a functional eh. modern automobile. No, yeah, I want to see the few, the sun. Okay, it's now the sun. I'm going to roll a D100. I want to roll a D100. Last time you rolled, you screwed Go me. ahead, roll a D100. But if you say you got 100, I'm calling BS unless you show us your roll as you roll it. Let me just... Uh... There's a 1% chance right now that you make the sun, but you have to get 100. That's how statistics work. Also, are we ignoring the implications? Like, you're turning into the sun... There's the heat issues with our bodies nearby, the gravity That's issues. That's why I'm trying to get Santa to escape with you. It's just a lot. There's a lot going on here, bud. So, so to be clear, Torin, Torin down this potion, correct? Tor yeah, and he's going to become a celestial body. I This is this is some desperate shenanigans right here. So Torin, out of, out of desperation, downs the object transformation potion and becomes... So it rolled a 20 and the D10 rolled a 1. 21. 21 got it what does that become he becomes blackjack <laughs> <laughs> like no he becomes jack black <laughs> Torin, you are a chair now <laughs> great fantastic you are a, you are a, a luxurious chair you are a comfortable chair are there are there at least like wooden things at the bottom that allow it to slide down uh yeah you can still move like like legs but you are a wooden chair serve no like purpose I'm an office, a wheeled office chair. No, you're like a fancy reading chair, like a like in a like in a big library. Uh, but you are still capable of walking on your legs. Am I able to transform back? Uh, no, you're stuck for at least an hour, I believe. At least an hour, <laughs> or until you take damage that would transform you back to normal. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Am I able to cast spells? No, you're a chair. No, you're a chair. <laughs> You, you can talk, probably. You've decided that the answer was to become chair. <laughs> can I cash in on our friendship and ask for a re-roll? Oh my god. <laughs> god, no! What? You know Be what? chair, sir! You know what, Torin? Do you have any inspiration left? This character sheet is like half a year old. I don't think so. I'll let you burn it and re-roll. I, I think you might. All right. I think you might. What? Let's say Twilight gave me inspiration after I hit them with a snowball but rock. The chances are you'll just become a dumber object than that. You realize. All right. 
If you so if bad. you re-roll this and become whatever object, you need to play this out. You can't just re-roll, sir. I I mean, it's just gonna get dumber on the on the the D one hundred list. And and before you read the numbers, I want to see those die. So this one landed on zero. This one landed on eighty. Okay, so eighty. Oh, that's a that's a fairly large object. Uh, I hope it's a large like stepping stool. Yes, eighty is uh, uh, Torin. You are a ten foot by ten foot section of stone wall. <laughs> Never mind. You can keep that reroll. That's amazing. I am the wall. Cuckoo, cuckoo. Torin, what now? <laughs> Can the wall move? Or is it Am just... I taller than Gryla? Uh, Gryla's 12 feet tall. You are 10 so no. feet tall. You are 10 by 10 stone square. Okay. So I will spend the rest of my turn getting my movement to be move closer to Gryla. Just a slow... A slow... Yeah, you move kind of like in prop hunt. You just kind of glide along the ground. <laughs> Did I get closer? Uh, yeah, you are now Walrin, according yeah. to Albafan232. Uh, you do get closer. Uh, we'll say that from here you can get within melee range of of Gryla, sure. As the do I still have an action? Yeah, sure. What do you got? I wish to make a grunting sound and then try to full force like slam forward on top of her. Oh my god! I I don't necessarily have wall stats ready, so (laughs) (laughs) it's just basic. Basic bludgeoning damage, right? This is a wall-wide wrestling move. I'm going to go full thwomp on her. Yeah, I'd like it to be just a d20 plus your strength. (laughs) She doesn't have a huge armor class. Uh, 15 plus 3. She's up against it, too. You hit it. She's up against the wall. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, literally. Uh, So so Manny, Torrin's logic was, my allies are down. There's no Krampus. I'm up against the wall. No, I am the wall. (laughs) Uh, the wall falls down Gryla with her enormous strength catches it but the weight of Torin begins to pull her down uh, she is uh, she is bound by by all accounts right now she has to spend all of her strength and energy keeping the wall from crushing her Ooh, you got her pinched. Yeah, underneath her the Yule lads and uh, Santa Claus are still fighting but Gryla is now out of the fight as she has to deal with uh, Torin that is a wall uh, which means next Walrin. in the order is Gryla herself. She's going to do a strength check to see if she can free herself from Torin. Can I do a competing strength check? Uh, As a wall? Uh, you may make a competing strength check, Torin. <laughs> Where's the physics of this wall? It's heavy. That's the physics. I mean, I don't know what else you want me to say. I've made up. I've made up no more rules for this situation than that. <laughs> what uh, Gryla roll? It's Twelve. Uh, okay, I rolled a 16, so 16 plus 3 means nothing, because I already won. Yes, uh, Gryla's still trying to... Uh, uh. Uh, underneath her, everyone is still locked in combat, and it is... Uh, let's see, Torn was a 15, Gryla was a 12, it's Santa's turn! Santa baby, won't you kill the Gryla for us? Uh, she sees that her allies are down, and one of them is a wall. You guys would be, you guys would be singing a different tune if I managed to become the wall. You did become the wall. Or I mean, the sun. If I managed to become a just torrent-sized ball of flame and heat the sun. Like I said, if you became the sun, I, I would have just immediately called BS. <laughs> uh, Ver would have been dead. Yeah, we all would have been dead. Yeah, Santa gonna swing around with uh, her weapons. 
First, she's going to smash with her bag of presents. 25 to hit. Uh, she is going to immediately kill one of the pots and pans ones. Oh, no! Not pot liquor. She kills pot liquor. Um, oh, her whip's going to miss, uh, uh, let's see, pan liquor. Yeah. Hmm. Well, yes, yeah, so there's a pot one and a pan one, and the pot one's dead, and the pot was, pan was, pot's pans. Uh, pans, pots, pans, pots, pans, pots, pans, pots, pans. <laughs> uh, but next in the order is going to be our good friend Vert Death Saving Throw. That is another failure. Oh no, Vert's at two <laughs> failures. In the arms of an angel. I think uh, to end Santa Claus's turn, she is going to take the attacks of opportunity in order to try to break away and make for the Christmas tree. Uh, I forgot to mention that. But yeah, Vert. Uh, Two failures. Vert on the brink right. of death. Down in the order from Vert is the Yule Lads. The Yule Lads chasing after Santa Claus. Oh, no, Vert. Uh, Yule Lads going to swing at Santa. Miss. Hit with the meat hook. Uh, yeah, the meat hook's going to dig into Santa Claus. She is going to... Uh, it's going to dig into her bag of presents. She's going to take some damage from it, of course, some bludgeoning damage. She's going to take eight bludgeoning damage. And the bag of presents is going to rip open, leaving presents scattered across the battlefield. And using her reaction, she's going to kick those presents towards the Christmas tree. And as the other Yule lads are trying to rush for whatever gift was sitting underneath the SCP Christmas tree, it gets knocked into the, the, the pile of other presents. And the, the Yule lads start digging through it hesitating and struggling to try to get to whatever was whatever the the christmas tree was trying to gift them with meanwhile the song i wish it could be christmas every day is playing louder and louder on the christmas tree's tiny speaker hidden somewhere inside of its plastic branches down in the order from the yule lads is twilight make another death saving throw 14 that's another success complaining about how my becoming a son idea would kill everyone but vert's already killing himself indeed <laughs> And Torin, who is a wall. Walrin. Am I able to use my healing ability? No, you're a wall. You're a wall, my guy. Can I be a wall that breathes acid? Can How? Do you know how walls work? How <laughs> would someone do that? You're just a wall guy. You're a wall. I Torin, I don't then know. Then I guess I put more I put more oomph into trying to fall and crush Gryla. Make a strength check. <laughs> we'll we'll crush Gryla for more damage. See if you can start fighting her down. I like how of all the times Manny has broken the game, this is the time he can't. <laughs> 14 plus 3. Ooh, uh, you fail against Gryla. So instead of... instead of What'd she get? Uh, she got a 24. Oh. So uh, it's not her turn. She's just fighting against your weight. You try to give it a little more oomph, uh, and she resists it. I can... Wait, I have two attacks because I'm a paladin wall. So can I try again? Fine. Paladin. I'm defeated. Go ahead. Okay, 16 plus 3. 16 plus 3. Uh and she is going to roll a 4. So, yeah, uh her next her next strength check, she goes down to one knee. Her next strength check to get out of you will be at disadvantage. Down in the order. Bubba-da-bubba-da-bubba-de-bop. It is indeed. It's Gryla's turn. She's going to try to get out uh she's going to get a 15. Oh, it's at disadvantage. Uh she's going to get a 13. Yeah, do a competing roll. I rolled a 17. Plus three. Ooh, uh, she's going to take uh, some crushing damage. But because she's not on fire, she's going to regenerate through it. You've brought her to a complete neutral. 
down in the order then is Santa Claus. Uh, Santa Claus, still ripping away from the Yule Lads, is going to dive into the pile of presents. She is going to do an investigation check and get a natural one. Oh no! Fighting in the pile of Yule Lads and pile of Christmas presents. She is she, desperately... She bursts out holding what she thinks is the salvation, but it's actually just a Turbo Man doll. Yeah, she just <laughs> she just opens it up and it's just a Turbo Man doll. She has this whole existential crisis about like what even is a present. And she can tell it's not the right present because the Christmas tree, uh, SCP-2536, 2536, is still singing I Wish It Could Be Christmas Every Day. Down in the order from Santa Claus is Vert. Vert, this could be it. We could see the death of Vert here. Thirteen. The fictional non-canon death. Thirteen. Nope. Vert hangs on. Excuse me with we my nose. Vert hangs on in the brink of death, like in that movie Brink. That's not that's not the plot of that movie. Down in the order from Vert, the Yule Lads. Five injured Yule Lads sitting on a Santa Claus. Three of them are gonna try to attack Santa. Ooh, one's gonna nat twenty. I thought Potlicker died, so it should be four left, right? No, there's nine left, but they're in two different oh, groups. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, yeah, one's going to do ten damage to Santa Claus, who Santa Claus continues to rage through. Two of the Yule Lads are going to keep digging through the presents. They are... Oh, that was a D100. They are desperately searching. Ah. And the Yule Lad named... Ah. Uh, Giljagur... The one who hides in holes and likes milk is going to... Love. That's his whole character. Love. Is going to pop out with a scroll-shaped present and begin unwrapping it and tearing at the paper in desperation. Down in the order is... Twilight. Oh, I am alive! Twilight, back up with one HP. Okay. What I miss? And Twilight just sees, like, a giant wall on top of her and goes, Where the hell did Torin go? <laughs> you begin to survey the area. You see Santa Claus and a whole bunch of Yule Lads fighting over uh, a present, and one Yule Lad holding one up and trying to rip at it. Take your turn, Twilight. Ooh, I get to take a turn. It's more exciting if you do. I'll do that. That sounds wonderful. How far away am I from them? 20 feet. 20 feet. So within movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Twilight is going to run at full speed and dive for that scroll-shaped present and try to take it. Let's make a grapple check. Oh, that's a two. Yep, go ahead and mess me up, Daddy. So I'm trying to get the present. Is it a grapple check or is it a, a sleight of hand? Grapple. Well, because you're going to, like, tackle him and, like, fight over it, right? Sleight of hand would imply oh, you're doing gonna something like... To... You're going to just, like, run up to him and snatch it? Yeah, I was going to run up and, like, dive and, like, take it out of his hand as I dove past. Oh, so like a like a... I figured it was kind of a glump. But yeah, let's do it. Let's say sleight of hand. Sounds fun. Sounds wacky. Sounds whacktastic. Uh, that's a 12. Uh, he got a 2, so yeah, it was easy. Uh, yeah, you just, you jump, you snatch it out of his hands. Inside your hands now is a scroll, Twilight. Yeah, so Twilight's gonna take it, duck and roll, like, with, with the scroll, and then, like, really quickly go, with a bonus, like, with a... I guess bonus action. Mm -hmm. Open the scroll. Free action. With their bonus Free action. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You open up the scroll. You. It takes an action to cast and then, it. And then it says, "And now, with the holy hand grenade, you shall turn it and count to three. 
Oh, wrong scroll. Five is right out. Uh, but yes, holding the scroll, you can see that it contains the spell Mass Cure Wounds. Um, Twilight is going to speak the incantation to cast the spell. Roll 6d10. 6d10, mm-hmm. all right. So that's one. But only if you believe, Hodno. That was a 20. Everybody heal for 20 HP. Bert's alive, baby! Bert is alive. And Torin is now a 20 HP healthier wall. A very big wall. Torin is next in the order. You're still a very big wall. I will keep crushing. Go ahead and make that strength check. 13 plus 3, so 16. Gryla will remain at disadvantage as she is pinned underneath you. The wall has come down, and she is pinned, and uh, she looks like a like a little kid in bed. Like she just got barely like one arm up here, and it's like tucked up under her chin. Torin, you were just you were just straight out on top of her. Someone draw the fan fiction for that. That's what I want to see. <laughs> You mean the fan art? Someone draw fan fiction? <laughs> I don't. I wasn't listening to my words. Uh, Gryla is going to try to take a turn. She's going to regenerate some of the damage she's taken, and with a twenty-one, she's going to begin lifting Torin off of her. Uh, she does not get him all the way off. It's a terrible sentence, but she's started to Santa Claus, Santa Claus, whirling in a fit of absolute rage. Swings around her bag of presents, killing one, killing two. Her divine energy erupting, and she lets out a roar. You see the spirit of Christmas begin to fill the whole room, the whole battle arena. The smell of eggnog and warmth fills your spirits, and all of you are going to get advantage on your next attack or spell attack. And so they say Grunhilda's heart grew three sizes that day. Next in the order, Vert with advantage and newly back on his feet. Hi, Vert! Hi! Vert dusts himself off. Vert's gonna do a uh, flame bolt. Absolutely. Yeah, buddy. Hit that lady. Hit that four-armed wifey. Four-armed wifey, good name for a band. Uh, 20 to hit? Uh, absolutely hits. 10 fire damage. Yes, 10 fire damage. Blasting her right in her misshapen face, you see an eye burn away, and the hole is left scorched and cauterized, unable to regenerate. She is on fire once again, and my hair is not beautiful. I will fix it. And down in the order from Vert is the Yule lads. Only seven of them remaining now. They all go to swing on Santa, bludgeoning her and smacking her. I see hit, hit, hit. Miss hit... And a nat 20. Very interesting. Uh, they are going to do a whole lot of damage altogether. Oof. Yeah, let's see. Yeah. Six, nine. Plus damage. They are going to do 55 damage to Santa Claus. As the seven of them just start beating her down, bringing her to one knee. Santa Claus, uh, even with her recent healing, uh, is bloodied now below half of her health. She carries her, her ripped bag of presents in one hand, the whip in the other, and her rage at the spirit of Christmas keeping her standing, blood dribbling from her mouth, but matching, tastefully matching the blood red of her baller Christmas suit. The Yule lads seem to want to go in for the kill. Twilight, it is your turn. Um, Twilight looks over at... What's the mom's name? I keep saying Groomhilda. Gryla. That's not right. Gryla. Why is he Groomhilda? 
Uh, because you got a banjo kazooie kick going. I really uh, Twilight looks over at Gryla and then looks over at Santa, um, and like kind of looking back and forth between the two, runs over to Santa and casts. So I think there's really only one thing I can do is um, I'm gonna run over. Uh-huh. I'm going to cast a level three uh-huh. thunder wave. Okay. Um, to try to get all of these Yule lads away from Santa. Right. And I know it'll hurt Santa, but it's the only thing I know. To Absolutely. Do. Santa gonna save. Yule lads gonna fail. Yule lads got a four. Awesome. Santa got a nineteen. So one d8 for each level above first, so that's going to be 4d8 of damage I need to roll for. Mm-hmm. 13 for Santa, 26 for everybody else. Oh my god. Yeah, with a 26, you see the Yule Lads and the piles of presents go flying in all directions. Santa Claus explodes outward and slams into the back of the arena uh, against like one of the benches and is just like trapped in like a Dragon Ball Z crater, just ugh. Uh, all of the but Santa saved. She wouldn't have been launched. Are you just doing that for effect? Oh yeah, I guess she wouldn't have been launched. Yeah. Okay, I well, I forgot. Uh, but so she didn't do that. But instead, all the Yule lads definitely are pieces now. Twenty six damage is way more than they could handle. Um, and Twilight's gonna go. <sighs> Hi, Santa. I you good? I'm sorry I had to hurt you to do that. She said. Doesn't hurt at all. I'm full of Christmas spirit. Oh, I love you. Okay. Um, I need you to slap me. Uh, alright. Like, on the face? Yeah, just as hard as you can. Alright. Uh... And wait, wait, wait. And Twilight moves Santa so that she's, um, facing, like, like, so Twilight is facing the direction where Gryla is. Oh. Don't worry, I've done this before with my friends. Oh, you want me to... After you slap me, I need you to get out of the way real quick. Oh, you want me to launch you at Gryla? Uh, yeah, Okay, I was just of. gonna slap you generally. Yeah, no, no, you're gonna... I, I'm faced, so... I have this thing where sometimes when people hurt me, I can't... I can't... I, I, I throw fire at them. But, so if you hurt me... You can... Fire will go in your general direction. You are trying to cheat... Hellish Rebuke, but Hellish Rebuke... We've done it, but bo- we've done it before. Hellish Rebuke goes to what hit you. You'd be hitting Santa. Oh. Throw me at Gryla. Cool. Let's just do that. She'll probably hit me. She seems really angry. Cool. As soon as it's, uh... It was your turn, so it's Torin's turn. Have you a Twi-Bomb. And more crushing. <laughs> Torin, MVP. <laughs> so that's an 18 plus 3. Uh, yeah, uh, Gryla's, Gryla's pinned underneath you. Uh, and that's gonna go to, it's gonna be Gryla's turn. She's gonna try to get out. That's a 10. And my competing roll is 11. Wow. Plus Ooh, three. You so, got it. Yeah. Gryla's completely pinned. She is burning. Uh, you're gonna do five bludgeoning damage as you just crush her, like, underneath the wall. Ah, she says. And down in the order then, it is Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Uh, looks at you, Twilight, and says, "Are you are you sure about this? Is this really?" Oh yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's a bad idea, but you know, it could be fun. Be a fun story. Right. You can tell your your Christmas kids, I guess. Your your Kringleites. Your your best buddy Krampus when he gets out of that cat. She is gonna explain that later. She is going to start swinging the bag of presents around and wheel it behind her and. Bam! Smash you. It's going to do nine bludgeoning damage as it sends you Whee! flying directly at Gryla. 
Uh, as you are okay. in transit, it is Vert's turn. Vert looks over at the train wreck and sort of shrugs. Mary Vertmas, and with the wand of no big deal, casts lightning bolt at Gryla at all. Well done. Gryla is going to try to dodge, but she is pinned under a wall, so definitely disadvantage there. A uh, grand total of five. Ouch. Twenty-three points. Uh, it does go in a straight line. I have no idea the orientation of uh, me to Twilight. Well, oh, so you're like over here, and I'm like coming this way. Yeah, using, okay. Like right using the it is a five foot wide uh, yeah. run, so I don't also know how close Twilight got when this sucker went well, off. Well, you use the wand of no big deal. So, like a string of glorious Christmas lights, you're gonna see your lightning bolt spiral directly around Twilight safely. Do a do a a series of ninety degree turns around Walrin. <laughs> directly into Gryla's open mouth Oof. Uh, for 23 damage and she screams out as she is electrified and and, and shockadididid uh, not happy about it I can tell you for sure Gryla looking pretty bloodied now guys mm-hmm. and that means next in the order is Torin. Torin, who is still a wall you're just crushing her at this point you're totally crushing it buddy totally crushing it bud should I still bother rolling uh yeah, you can roll if you want to roll. We got some we got some lit trees and a wall that's crushing it. That was a nineteen. I'm not even gonna bother adding the plus three. Yeah, cause she got a twelve. Uh yeah, you you crush her. You do five more damage. You see, uh, blood pour out of her recently electrified mouth. Gryla's on the ropes. She is badly damaged, being crushed under Walrin, electrified. Uh, Twilight, you've made your way there. Finish it off, my man. Twilight is going to land. Right next to Gryla. Mm-hmm. Um, how sharp are her teeth? Uh, razor sharp, like a Twilight's like a gonna Tyrannosaurus. S- Twilight's gonna use a free action to stick a hand in her mouth You're... and cut themselves on a tooth. Okay, why? Uh, and Twilight's gonna go ow and cast hellish rebuke. <laughs> okay, in her mouth. You take one piercing damage and then you hellish rebuke her right in the face. Yeah. So she needs to make a dex saving throw at disadvantage because obviously she's pinned, but also I'm firing it in her mouth. How's a two sound? That sounds like she failed, my guy. And you thought my idea was stupid. Which one? Yeah. Well, the entire thing of it, but hey. Which I, wait. The fight would have been much harder without me keeping her pinned. Which idea that I think was stupid? All of it? Just be specific. Because you did not plan on becoming a wall. Hey. You also thought me re-rolling would be stupid, but I cashed in on Mitch's friendship. And, I know, didn't think it was stupid. Attack. I thought it was cheap. I mean, are you sure you uh, didn't was... want to be a chair? <laughs> that was a 16. On a 16. Um, 16 damage. The spirit of Christmas fills the room once again, the arena once again. And it turns out a burning Gryla smells an awful lot like fresh cooked pumpkin pie. It's a smell that, while familiar, you have never smelled before, or ever since. You can't mock my glorious storytelling and descriptions. I won't allow it. In a scream that turns into a gurgle, which just turns into a boiling puddle of sludge. SCP-42069 is reclassified as a deceased entity. The wall falls. The wall falls. The wall falls flat. 
And then with no outside force, just slowly gets up. And the wall turns uh, 180 degrees so that it can look upon Santa Claus. Her Christmas spirit exhausted. Her rage fading. The blood trickling out of her mouth belies a number of internal injuries suffered by the, the brutal attacks of both Gryla and the Yule lads. She goes down to one knee, coughing blood slowly. And she says, Everyone, I, I think this is finally it for me. I can cure you, though. Like, we got magic spells. She says, it won't work. This is a cinematic. <laughs> oh. Oh, no, I can't skip cutscene, guys. <laughs> and she says, it's, it's time for someone else to take the mantle. Don't, don't cure me. I want to go. I want to be free of my prison sentence laid on me by the SCP Foundation. I... What class is Santa? Santa is a, uh, a, uh, Path of the Zealot Barbarian. Uh, level 17. She says, it's, I can finally be free, and I won't have to do Christmas every day for centuries. But... But in order to do this, I will need to pass the mantle on to somebody. One of you... And while all this is happening... Torn the wall is slowly herding whatever reindeer are still alive over to her to try and see if they can trample her. And it's like, if we pass the curse onto a reindeer, it doesn't have to be passed onto a person. Twilight and Vert do nose goes. Uh, <laughs> Alba fan says, Big wife, thank you. <laughs> okay. So does the reindeer end up trampling her to death? The reindeer don't seem to be actual reindeer, but you could do an animal handling check at disadvantage. But while you're doing this, guys, you see that... Because you're a wall. Yeah, you are a wall. Uh, yeah, God. I don't know. You know what? I don't think you can handle animals right now because you don't have hands. Handle. Hands, hands are a big part of handle. Well, I rolled a 10 and a 13, so I don't think it matters. Yeah, I'm going to say no here. Uh, you you are, like, pushing the reindeer forcibly, but uh, because they are actually not... They are just reindeer-shaped entities, not actual, like, living reindeer. Uh, they're kind of moving just like you do, just kind of sliding across the ground with no friction. I'm just slowly pushing them while they <laughs> add so, zero uh, help or Twilight, hindrance. Twilight looks at Santa and goes, I think I know just the person to take your mantle. And Twilight turns around and goes over to their buddy Skier and goes, Hey, buddy, you ready for that promotion? Oh, my God. We're, we're calling back to something that happened earlier? Yeah, yeah, callbacks. That's what we're doing. And Come with me. Skier Gamur looks at Santa Claus and goes, We're the best storytellers on the internet. Hey, how would you like to be Santa Claus? Yes. And you know what? We could change the rules. I bet instead kids could leave you bowls of yogi at the houses you visit. That... Sounds perfect. Yeah. And uh, Twilight get, looks at Santa and gives her like this really, really, really big hug, and goes, "Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for saving our lives. That was the best Christmas gift we could ever hope for." And she sa she puts a, a big mitten hand on your shoulder, and she says, "Oh, everybody's got to get a gift, and this." This will be mine. Thank you, guys. You've done an amazing job. And Aww. with that, uh, Skiergamore walks up to her. He's like, so what do I, do I like 
do I like choke you out or it's just like just <laughs> oh god just stab me for the love of god just stab me and you all you all look away as you hear the shlink and you hear all right you're gonna get really really fat and he's like good that's why I eat all the yogurt and when you turn around Santa Claus is not there oh god did I just do a barrier gaze trope no, we never said she was a lesbian. Okay, good. Okay, you hear that, fans? You... Just because the fan, just because the fans said it, we never acted like there was no relationship in any of this. Santa can be a woman and not be gay. <laughs> what? <laughs> not Impossible. saying there's anything wrong with that, but just because a, a canonically male character is made female doesn't mean we have to make them a lesbian. That's like a whole other trope. Skiergamore Claus stands up and looks at you. And during all this heartwarming moment. Waltorn has snuck behind Twilight to slowly thwomp forward and crush them. Oh. Hold on, let him have the scene first. No, you're dead now. Yes. Twilight's dead. Um, oh, okay. And uh, Skiergamore Claws, summoning the power of Christmas within, catches you all up in a, in a whirlwind and teleports you all back to your home planes. But it's non-canonical, so you're all trapped. <laughs> and you hear... <laughs> until, you hear until the next time we are spirited away to another wacky adventure. Right, and so you're teleported back to your, your home plane, but it's not it's not as you remember it. You return to your home plane and you find yourself uh you find yourself near the opening of what looks like a mine shaft and, and you were so ready to be to be back home, to be in Faerun again, on the prime material plane, away from Portablat's demiplane, away from Santa's workshop. You thought you were finally back, but it seems that Faerun has changed in your absence. And you see uh, the opening of this mine is enveloped in this spongy, red, slimy, organic material. It's a new Arby's. Your S it's a complete, it's just a normal Arby's. <laughs> <laughs> A your SCP device bings in your pocket, and it says, "SCP six ten, the flesh that hates." Oh. Merry Christmas, everybody! 